Tonight, on the Midnight Train Podcast, we dive into the spooky sanctum of horror, the one and only Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Is it haunted? Are there ghosts haunting the grounds currently? Has anyone ever really seen Moody wear a baseball hat? So sit back, grab your drink, turn the volume to 11 and... Warning! Listener discretion is advised. We say things like, Two fish swim into a wall. One turns to the other and says, Damn. Huh. Fuck that's funny. Anyways. All aboard. Evan, that was a good one, Evan. That was Evan nailed that one. He's coming coming into his, God. his character arc. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello, passengers, and welcome to season four, episode eleven of the Midnight Train Podcast, where we bring the dark delight and where Kevin or Kevin. Evan is apparently a stand-up comedian now. Yes. It's pretty fucking funny. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. Ah, uh, so what does that mean? We, we bring the dark to light. So what does that mean? Well, we make fun of and joke about creepy shit while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer. And with me, as always, is the man who once defended the Alamo against an insurgence of cross-dressing albino zombies. It's Jeff Butchko. Can I see that movie? Because that sounds amazing. Because, <laughs> you know, every, every 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 episode I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right, I got to come up with something cool for these guys. And then all of a sudden yeah. I'm like, albino, cross-dressing albino zombie sounds amazing. It makes me sound really racist, though. Why? Well, they're albino. That's that's a pigment thing. It's not, that's got nothing to do with race. Yeah. In this day and age, it's 2020. <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> and with us, of course, is the purveyor of the paranormal, the man who once arm wrestled a Wendigo and almost won if it weren't for those meddling kids. It's Mr. Moody. What's up, dude? Same old, same old. Same old, same old. Yeah, buddy. You're here. I am. Yeah. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. It's good to see both of you One guys. One of those weeks, eh? Do you don't even know the half? I know, right? I know, right? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Well, it's good to see you both. Hey, real quick, yeah. before we do that, uh, I, I sent you that thing. I do. Um, I actually have it pulled up right do here. you have it? Cool. I do. We, so got first, it, we got it after the last show. Right. So, so we didn't I get a chance to. to yeah. So uh, we got a uh, an Apple podcast review. Correct. From one uh, Mr. Rob DuPont. Correct. And it says, hey, guys, I'm a security guard at Walmart making sure people wear masks. If it wasn't for you, <laughs> I don't know how I would go through uh, the, or get through the day. Thanks for all the amazing content and laughs. Also, Tuesday the 8th, so we missed it. Sorry about that, um, is his birthday. And it would be awesome to get a shout out. Well, this is your shout out, buddy. So, happy Rob. Happy birthday, buddy. Happy What's birthday, Rob, Rob. Rob. Rob DuPont. You know what, Rob? Rob we're going to do something special for you right now. We are. We're going to make gonna this do? happen. Oh. I happen to know Christopher Walken. Oh. And I'm going to bring him in here real quick. He's actually waiting outside. He came with me. So I'm going to bring him in, and he's going to sing you happy birthday. Hey, Chris. Oh, hold on. Chris, it, come on in here. It, wow. So is, is, hey. there's a birthday I hear. There is a birthday, and it's a Rob from a Walmart. So I need you to roll back the happy birthday for him. Oh, so. oh, oh I see where's what you Where's my, my predictions? Hold on. I got it. There it is. <laughs> so there's a happy birthday for Mr. Rob. Yep. Yep. DuPont. Correct. Is his name. That's what he said. So anyway. uh, happy birthday, to you happy birthday 
to you. Happy birthday, dear Rob. Happy birthday to you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank right. you, Christopher. All right, now go make a movie. Anytime, gentlemen. Anytime. Thank you. That was very we, nice. we need another Sleepy Hollow. Get out of here. <laughs> so happy birthday, Rob, for sure, man. And that's uh, thank you so much for listening. That's a that's absolutely. absolutely awesome and super huge. So thank you. And uh, sorry that people are, if they happen to be fighting you over wearing face masks at Walmart, that sucks. Just <laughs> tell them, the hey, when next time they come in, just tell them that if they don't, the Midnight Train podcast is going to come and fucking find them. Yeah, we'll that's take right. care of them for you, buddy. Because we're so intimidating. Oh yeah, we'll take care of. Them. They don't get any of fucking. They don't get any antibodies. They get <laughs> nothing. Yeah, <laughs> no antibodies for you. Nope. So you beautiful bunch of dark passengers know that we're just three goofballs and assholes that love history and can't get enough of the mysterious. And we want you to know how much it means to us that you're listening to our goofy asses right now as we speak. Your reviews and support really do make all the hard work worthwhile. And in saying that, uh, please stop over to Apple Podcasts, like Rob has done or wherever you're listening uh, right now and give us a five-star review. It only takes a couple of minutes and it uh, really does help. That's like a couple seconds. Yeah, dude. it's it's like nothing. Do it while you're I pooping. You, I like bet everybody you Rob, poops, right? I bet you Rob did it while he was yelling at someone to put a mask on. <laughs> With one like, hand? Hey, put your fucking mask on. Just fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's awesome. But everybody yeah. poops. Everybody does poop, as far as I know. Yeah, I mean, you at least, if not twice a day, you're going once a day. I yeah. almost shit myself today. Almost? Yeah. Well, at least it wasn't a full. I was helping my kids get their hockey shit on for practice, and I was, I was sweating. And you just—it was rough, dude. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but please go over and do that. That'd be amazing for us. Uh, you guys can leave any review you'd like. You can say it's your birthday coming up, like Rob did, and we will tell us when the last time yeah. you shit your pants was. Yeah, there you go. Who <laughs> yeah, wants to know? <laughs> Imagine the guys reading the algorithms and like going through, and they're like. What the fuck kind of podcast <laughs> is just this? Shit, his pants a couple weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Let's, what is going on? We would like man. to know. I, honestly, we would. We would like. We can keep it anonymous for you if you'd like. No, you know? no, 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 no. Okay, no, so we're gonna tell no. everybody. Okay, you can also find us on Spotify and iHeartRadio by typing the Midnight Train Podcast in their search bar and clicking the follow button. You'll then get each episode as they are released every Tuesday. And Patreon subscribers will also be getting a um, the day the music died bonus on Pantera guitarist. Dimebag Daryl, which be, is pretty uh, yep. fucking cool. I have a, a side note on the iHeartRadio. Mm-hmm. So Chef Kevin, listener of the show, good buddy of mine, mm-hmm. he actually texted me last week. He's the one that gave us uh, the one cemetery yeah. idea, right? Yeah. yeah. He texted Except me. Wasn't it wrong? Wasn't it like the not? Yeah, but we did the wrong, so yeah. <laughs> but he still appreciates it. Yeah, so yeah of course. Fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, he, he texted me and he's like, hey, he's We're like, awesome. you always talk about how you can do it on your smart TV. He's like, and he texts me, he's like, how do I do this? I'm like, all right. So I walked him through it. You find the smart apps, you go to the iHeart one. And then as soon as you get in there, you have to do it with the remote control, which kind of sucks. It's kind of mm-hmm. like having the old Nokia sidekick bullshit thing. Okay. But you just search for the midnight train on the app and you can actually play it through your TV through your surround sound. So there he, you go. I'm assuming he did that and had a rager of a party and everyone was like, you know, what is this? And that's why our listeners increased. They were all tripped out on LSD, just getting all nuts. Yeah. Right. I did notice that we had one more listener. Yeah. Chef yeah, Kevin likes the party. Awesome. Of that, yeah. <laughs> it was all because of Chef Kevin. He had 150 yeah. people over. We got yeah. one. Yeah. He, he knows how to party. Hey, it's a numbers <laughs> game, Moody. All right. No, I, a- <laughs> I, hey, I hear you, man. <laughs> so anyway, sign up over to uh, uh, patreon.com forward slash the midnight train podcast and check that out for all the Patreon uh, bonus content. All right. So let's turn down the lights. Adjust our seats, grab a drink, and let's get spooky. But first, as we always do, here's a toast to all you beautiful motherfuckers.
Waverly. 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 Did you do that? Uh, you know, Did you do that because of me? What's that? Did you do that because of me? No, it's just a little Weezer. I because I wrote you guys. I was I had that in my fucking head. Yeah, the whole I saw time you I was said doing that. This. Oh yeah, I don't remember that. I put yeah. I wrote it in the thing. I was just like, dude, I got fucking. Maybe. I got Beverly Hills in my goddamn head, but I'm singing it to Waverly Hills. Okay, so subconsciously, then that's where I got that from. <laughs> it might be <laughs> yeah. Waverly Hills. So yeah, we're talking about Waver. Lee Hills. Well, first of all, let's talk a little bit about what exactly is a sanatorium because we're talking about the James Hetfield knows we, <laughs> that's sanitarium. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's but, the but, but um, so the internets and or the dictionary says that it is a noun and uh, one, it's an establishment for the medical treatment of people who are convalescing or have a chronic illness. That's what a sanatorium is. Right. And two, a creepy abandoned places that usually scare the shit out of people. That was my definition. Yeah, that's Moody's definition yeah. of that one. So we're diving Fuck into Webster. the creepy world of the abandoned sanatorium. So, But, we'll, but <clears throat> what's the difference between a sanatorium? We're and getting there. Hold your horses. Yes. I wrote it. I don't even remember. Yes. <laughs> I thought it was really. So what better fucking place to go ghost hunting than a sanatorium? I mean, everyone's like, oh, that's sounds question. amazing. Only with an Amazon kit, by is the there, way. Right. Is there a better place? Uh, no. Okay. Yeah. So most of these places were well known for their high death rates and many for their harsh treatment of patient, patients. And if you are uh, like us, you also may be wondering, like Moody just was, what the fuck is the difference between a sanatorium now I remember. <laughs> and a sanitarium? Well, want to know further, my beautiful fucking passengers? I want to know. Jeff wants to know. Yeah. You want to know? Yeah, absolutely. Hold on, hold on, hold Here, on. Give me a hold drum on. roll yep. real quick. I got to get the drum roll. I'm going to tell on. you guys the difference between sanatorium and sanitarium. I'm really excited for this right now. Ready? It is... Absolutely fucking nothing. Oh, come on. Really? <laughs> so that's, that's like the fucking ending of The Sopranos right there. <laughs> so sanitarium is mostly used in North America, while sanatorium is an older word used in most of the world outside of North America, of course, because we have to be fucking different all the time with everything. So the basis. I bet you it was the Canadians. It was. What's this all about? So you think Hatfield just couldn't pronounce it the other way? Like they were doing the takes in the studio and he's like, sanatorium. And they're they're like, probably like, no, dude, yeah, like, hey man, I don't think that's very good. Let's, <laughs> let's just go ahead and change it, man. Who was that? Kermit the Frog was their producer? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't yeah, very it's Lars. good. It wasn't the letter, a fan. The letter E. Hi-ho. Hi-ho, James. <laughs> it's sanitarium. Sanatorium. <laughs> what are you doing? The Rainbow Connection. <laughs> so the basis for this episode, as we said, is the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. And that is where we're going to be heading right now. So we jump in the train and we're heading to Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, that's we weird. remember that place. We do. We love Louisville, Kentucky. Some oh, good boy. shit in Louisville. They I got a big ass like skate it. park in Louisville. Absolutely. It's a I dry county, too. Louisville. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, is it? I don't remember, remember we couldn't drink there. I fucking drank my ass off in Louisville. Yeah. Are you sure that's... I don't or know, we couldn't buy it or something. I can't remember. Maybe that chainsaw would remember. You chainsaw, too, if you're listening, chime in when you listen to this and let us know. You were too busy getting hit on by old ladies. Old ladies. Nice. Cougar oh, silver foxes. Wow. Nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Waverly Hill Sanatorium sits on. Uh, we're gonna, first of all, let's back this up a little bit. We're going to be doing some, you know, like, as we always do, a little bit of information, a little bit of history on the oh, place first. Get the history. Before we get into the creepy shit. But trust me, this place has got some fucking shit. Oh, boy. So Waverly Literally, Hills. poop everywhere. <laughs> 
So it sits on uh, land that was originally purchased by Major Thomas H. Hayes in 1883. Major Hayes uh, was in need of a school for his daughters to attend, so he started a one-room schoolhouse that was located on Page's Lane. So this dude just makes his own school. <laughs> Why not? He's like, fuck it, I'm filthy rich. My girls will have their own school. Yeah, why not? I mean, if you could do it, would you? <laughs> fuck I mean, yeah. back then, yeah, yeah that's probably... Right. Yeah, why not? Mm, you know. So he hired a woman named Lizzie Lee Harris to teach at the school. Her love for the tiny school, in addition to her fondness for Scott's Waverly novels, prompted her to name the little schoolhouse Waverly School. Major Hayes liked the name and chose to uh, name his property Waverly Hill. The Board of Tuberculosis Hospital, uh, the name uh, they ended up name, keeping the name after purchasing the land and opening it um, for the sanatorium. Okay? okay? So that's where the name comes from. Right? Dude named it. They kept it. Right. Originally, Waverly Hill Sanatorium was a two-story frame building with a hipped roof and half timbering. Um, what does that mean? I fucking know. Okay. I don't know. I looked. I was looking for old pictures of it, but I, I don't know. I really of the original know. building? Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah, but, you know. So half timbering. I'm I mean, gonna say you guys don't know what that is? Half falling over? Is oh. that what that means? I, think, I actually think that uh, from what I could gather, uh, it sounds like the original building was mostly open, like an open air type deal. Right. Because they thought that fresh air cured tuberculosis. Correct. And we will definitely dive into that for also, sure. Also, yes. I don't know if it mentioned it in there. You may know. have added it or whatever. I don't know. We did, uh, we did a plague episode, right? Correct. We did the Black Plague. Mm-hmm. I was unaware until doing this episode. Okay. Tuberculosis was, is often referred to as the White Plague. Shit. Yeah. Well, you look at that. Yeah, see, we, well, we fucking teach you guys something. That's man. right. So we're not just a I bet you of... I bet you pretty much everyone knew <laughs> that. Me, so. I didn't know that. I swear to God, I had no right, idea. Right. Excuse me, Dr. Oz, but I did find <laughs> the actual definition of half timbering. And, oh, and nice. what is that? What do you got? It says refers to a structure with a frame of load bearing timber creating spaces between the timbers called panels. Oh. So you are correct. Yeah, correct, sir. Would you like to go on Jeopardy? I actually, I actually did the test for Jeopardy. Did yeah. you really? Yeah. Like no joke. No, I did. Yeah. How did you, did you fail or? I did okay. I think considering like they were asking me shit that I, some of the questions were fucking ridiculous. Like, I'm sure they are. I probably got about, if it was a test, like a school test, I probably got like a C on it. You know what happened? He got his results back and it's of course. just like, What just happened? You got shot. Just been wanting to use that. <laughs> it's been in my. It's been brewing in my head. So I'm driving Gump, in my car. By the way, Forrest Gump for yes. everyone out there. Yeah. I'm driving damn. in my car the other day, and I'm like, you know, it'd be an amazing sound effect for the show because I was listening to the show, and there's so many spots where I could put this, and I'm like, I need the Forrest Gump sound effect. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And, uh, let's see, we're 14 minutes in. <laughs> All right. And but no, he, he came in here and he was like, dude, I've been wanting to get this forever. And he sat there and got it. <laughs> that was all so excited. funny. So I can't wait to hear that at least two more times throughout oh, this yeah, entire well, thing. Oh, yeah, it'll be there. So construction. Have no <laughs> Thanks, Chainsaw. <laughs> construction on this building began in 1908 and opened for business on July 26, 1910. The building was designed to accommodate 40 to 50 tuberculosis. <laughs> Tuberculosis. Tuberculosis patients safely at the time. Uh, tuber- uh, tuberculosis was a very serious disease. People who were afflicted with tuberculosis were isolated from general public and placed in an area where they could rest, stay calm, and have plenty of fresh air. It was very contagious, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, sanatoriums were built on high hills surrounded by uh, peaceful woods to create a serene atmosphere to help the patients recover. That's not scary at all. Yeah. 
So tuberculosis was becoming an epidemic in Valley Station, um, Pleasure Ridge Park, and other parts of Jefferson County in Kentucky. In case you're not familiar with tuberculosis, it was historically called consumption yes, due to the severe weight loss associated with the disease. Tuberculosis, a.k.a. TB, that's what we're going to call it for now on because TB. my mouth does not like me saying tuberculosis. Obviously. Right. <laughs> Is a highly infectious disease usually caused by uh, mycobacterium tuberculosis bacteria. Um, tuberculosis, <laughs> that's what it's called. Tuberculosis generally affects the lungs, but can also affect other parts of the body. And it is spread from one person to the next through the air. COVID-19. <laughs> right. So it's, uh, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty rough back then. Yeah, and yeah. yeah. Doc Holliday, right? Didn't he yeah, have, Doc Holliday had, had consumption. I'm your huckleberry. I got <laughs> one gun. <laughs> one for the each of you. I don't have a lot <laughs> Two guns, of friends, Wyatt. And I consider you my friend. We're just going to sit here and just talk about Tombstone the entire time. So the little TB <laughs> clinic was filled with more than 140 people. And it was uh, obvious that a much larger hospital was needed to treat those afflicted with the condition. Because TB was so extremely contagious and at epidemic proportions, those living with it could not be allowed to live and exist among the general population. It was not known at the time that TB was an airborne disease. So treatments for uh, TB were sometimes as bad as the disease, the disease itself. It's brutal, dude. Yeah. Some of the experiments that were conducted in search of a cure seem barbaric by today's standards, but others are now actually common practice. Um, patients' lungs were exposed to ultraviolet light to try and stop the spread of the bacteria. Which How I did believe, they do that? They cut them open and just shine the light they on? They still do that these today, I believe they still do that. Yeah, they'll just put you in like a uh, like a almost like a uh, like a tanning bed kind of thing and they put you in there and they expose your 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 lungs and shit. Or your chest. Sounds healthy. Yeah. Sounds like it would work. <laughs> uh, this was done in sunrooms using artificial light in place of sunlight or on the roof or open oh porches of the hospital. Can you imagine just like... They stick them out on the roof. Cut them, in, cut them open and strap no, them to the roof. You're just like laying open. up there like... Yeah, they're not cutting you open. No, they don't so. cut you open. They're just exposing your skin your, your to your area, chest and your, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh. You're, you're going way darker. I, I like it better when they were cutting them open. <laughs> nah. Freaking, what's that called? A blood eagle? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. You're blood eagling all these people? That's from the back, though. Yeah, oh, that's true. And you like it from the back, don't you? Only with Jeff. All right, cool. That's what she said. <laughs> so since fresh air was thought to also be a possible cure, patients were often placed in front of huge windows or on the open porches, no matter what the season. So it could be in the middle of a freaking blizzard. Nope. And they're yeah, just, exactly. Yeah. So old if, you, if you look at the building too, that's exactly how it's set up. There's just like along the back, there's just like long hallways with big fucking windows all the way down. Well, there are old photographs that actually show patients lounging in chairs, taking in the fresh air <laughs> while literally covered in snow because they, they thought that's how you cured it. They fresh thought, air, yeah, man. fresh air. They being cooped up, you know. Hey, your so. lungs are fucked up. Ah, just give them fresh air; they'll be fine. Right now, there's some less pleasant um, uh, treatments here, and uh, <laughs> much worse, actually. Oh yeah, balloons would be surgically implanted into the lungs and then filled with air to expand them. Needless to say, uh, this often had disastrous results, as did an, uh, an operation where muscles and ribs were removed from a patient's chest to allow the lungs to expand further and let in more oxygen. Yikes! Yeah. This blood soak uh, procedure uh, was seen as a last resort, <laughs> let's hope, and many patients did not survive it. Shocker. While the patients who survived both the disease and the treatments left Waverly Hills uh, through the front door, many others left through what came to be known as the body chute. This enclosed tunnel for the dead led from the hospital to the railroad tracks at the bottom of the hill. 
using, mo using a motorized rail and cable system, the bodies were lowered in secret to the waiting trains. This was done so the patients would not see how many were leaving the hospital as corpses. Their mental health, the doctors believe, was just as important as their physical health. Because they're not going to notice that, though. Yeah. Like, anyone, anyone seen Bill? Yeah. <laughs> Bill been? Oh, he's good. He left. Nah, don't worry about Bill. Yeah, we Bill's, took care of Bill. Bill's good. What about what about Susie? <laughs> anyone seen she's Susie? good, too. She's, she's she's good? Yeah, she's totally good. Oh, she right. she left with, uh, with Bill. She actually. left with Bill? With Bill. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's that mustache? You need to take a tinkle. We'll be right back after this message. Well, it's time to return back to the show. I'm glad you stayed and didn't leave. So there are many inaccurate reports as to how many people actually died during Waverly Hills decades of operation. Bill was one of them. Bill and Susie. Susie yeah. Some claim that tens of thousands died with, with the, within the walls of the hospital, but this number is greatly exaggerated. According to Dr. J. Frank Stewart, a former assistant medical director at the hospital, the highest number of deaths to occur at Waverly Hills in a single year was 152. By 1955, those numbers had dropped to as low as 42 deaths, and it's been estimated based on death certificates and you know that were filed and whatnot that approximately 6,000 people died there, dating all the way back to the original hospital records from 1911. That's still a pretty hefty amount that of people. That sounds man. like it for one uh, spot. How did, how did people get sent there? So like they came down with TB and they're like, okay, you need to go to this place. It's yeah, a specialized yeah, hospital. They would, they would send yeah. them there because they couldn't have them in a regular hospital. I wonder if they came from so like all over or just yeah, like most likely, locally. Probably all that area, like everywhere. Like, yeah. Yeah. I would, I would say so. Like, hey, you've you, all of a sudden you just hear <coughs> you're going to Waverly. That's <laughs> Later. it. Later. Yep. See ya. So while uh, that obviously that number is um, way short of the numbers you know, that were tossed around by the legends, it's still a tremendous number of deaths. I mean, that's six thousand people. That's a lot of people. Or, yeah, that's that sucks. Waverly Hills was a self-contained community, a city in and of itself, complete with its own zip code. It had its own post office, water treatment facility, and grew its own fruits and vegetables, raised its own meat for slaughter, and maintained many of uh, the other necessities of everyday life. So everyone at uh, Waverly, patients, nurses, doctors, and other employees had to say goodbye to everything they knew on the outside world. Once you went to Waverly Hills, you became a permanent resident on the hill, quotes, end quote. Hanger, hanger. The hill. On the hill. Oddly enough, despite that fact, many patients received visits from loved ones on visiting day, which is fucked up if you think about that. Like, uh, it's visiting day! <laughs> yeah. Yay! Yeah. When the visit was over, the visitors left Waverly and ventured back out into the community. I'm sure just passing To that, infect yeah, more just, people. Just throwing a TB yeah. out everywhere they went, yeah. But you know what they didn't do? They didn't stay in the pub till 10. Because <laughs> TB because stopped TB, at 10. Yep, exactly. <laughs> The massive collegiate gothic dot got got God bless you. That's my first one. <laughs> gothic style sanatorium that you see in the 1926 photo, which we will post. Yeah, I'll uh, put a bunch in there. So. Yeah, remains standing on Waverly Hill today. It could accommodate at least 400 plus patients and be considered one of the most modern and well-equipped facilities at that time. Construction of the sanatorium began in March of 1924 and opened for business on October 17th, 1926. The facility served as a TB hospital until 1961, and when the discovery of an antibiotic that successfully treated and cured TB rendered the facility obsolete. All right, so they were like, well, we've cured this. Go fuck yourself. 
<laughs> That's it. It was closed down and quarantined and then renovated. In 1962, uh, the building reopened as Woodhaven Medical Services, a geriatric facility. <laughs> oh, boy. Woodhaven Medical was closed by the state in 1981. So since the closing, there have been attempts to turn the building into something new. All right. Simpsonville developer Jay Clifford Todd. <laughs> My name is Jay Clifford Todd. Oh. He's got three first names. <laughs> With the shittiest name last. Sorry, Todd Ford. <laughs> Fucking Todd. <laughs> sorry, sorry, buddy. <laughs> so he bought the hospital in 1983 for $3,005,000. Is, is this the religious guy? Uh, I, I No. I don't think so. Okay, because there's one guy that I just want to punch in the dick. <laughs> he and architect Milton Thompson wanted to convert it into a minimum security prison for the state, but the developers dropped the plan after neighbors protested. People started bitching. Yeah, they were like, uh-uh, TB's no. okay, but you ain't bringing, you're not bringing prisoners. I don't prisoners. care about tuberculosis and old people, right. but prisons, nah. Yeah, fuck all that. So uh, they then proposed converting the hospital into apartments, but they counted on Jefferson Fiscal Court to buy around 140 acres uh, from them. Uh, for $400,000, giving them the money to start the project. God, that's cheap. Yeah. Yeah, for that shit. In March 1996, Robert Alberhasky bought Waverly Hills and the surrounding area. Alberhasky's Christ the Redeemer Foundation (laughs) made plans to construct the world's tallest statue of Jesus on the site along with an arts and worship center. The statue, which, which was inspired by the famed Christ the Redeemer statue on Corcovado, is that Corcovado Mountain in Rio, the, you know, the Rio de Janeiro big, one, yeah. the big one? The big Jeebus. Right. Big Jeebus would have been designed by local sculptor Ed Hamilton and architect Jasper Ward. The first phase of the development coming in at a cost of four million motherfucking doll hairs. Four million. Yeah, that's yeah. a lot for Jeebus. Well, it would have been a statue of 150 feet tall and 150 feet wide. Uh, situated it's just a big square. Yeah, <laughs> his arms are as long as he is tall. <laughs> He's a marshmallow. He's looking like Slender Man up yeah. there. Like, what the fuck? Um, situated on the roof of the sanatorium, so they wanted to take this thing and put it on the very top of this fucking thing. That's a. How are you gonna put that on top of a fucking building and not have it collapse? Yeah, well, you know, making a styrofoam engineering man because yeah, engine. Sure. How do you think they built bridges? By the way, not on top of buildings. I've got breaking news. Uh oh. Uh oh. Uh oh. I've got a message from a one Mexican listener named Davy. Yo, no Davey. way. Hola, Vato. Sup? Hello, John. Hello, Moody. Hey, bye. Oh, that's awesome. He's back. He's he's listening. Hi, Davy. I've been talking to him for a couple weeks. He's doing 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 better. He's getting good, good by. man. Good well, they got here. like eight hurricanes brewing down there. I don't know if you've seen the news. It sucks yeah, to be down yeah. south. It sucks to be hey, down Davey, south. Davy, Jeff right said that he'll put you and your family up though. Yeah. Come on up. You can actually live here in the studio. Anyway, so the second phase, (laughs) we love you, Davey. The second phase would convert the old sanatorium into a chapel, theater, and gift shop at a cost of $8 million or more. So the plan to construct this religious icon fell through because donations to the project fell well short of expectations. In a period of a year, <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. Only three thousand dollars was raised towards the project. Should have sold candy bars. <laughs> Despite efforts to pull money from across the nation, the project was canceled in December of 1997. Like that moron that built that giant fucking ark. Fuck that guy. I think that's in Kentucky too. <laughs> you talking about Noah? <laughs> no, not the actual Noah. But <laughs> sorry for our believers out there. 
No, there's a guy that built a fucking like life size ark, and it's like some fucking. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. That, I think that is in Kentucky. It's, I think it yeah, is. That's I remember that on the news. What the fuck is wrong with you, Kentucky? Yeah, dude, Kentucky, get your shit together. I actually, what I like fuck? bourbon ale. Is good though. I do like Kentucky, but dude, the Kentucky guys, bourbon trail is fucking phenomenal. Oh yeah. For anyone of our listeners that are down in Kentucky, listen, you guys make the best. Well, you make the only technically bourbon because that has to come from down there but it's fucking fantastic so i had a blast going down quit, there quit building arcs and giant jeebus yeah let's just stop that part yeah so let's talk about the tunnel all right oh there's a tunnel yes remember the tunnel we were talking about like let's talk about the tunnel to the place the tunnel the tunnel was an entrance and exit for the workers of the sanatorium it was built on the first floor with the rest of the building corridor is 500 feet to the bottom of the hill and has a set of stairs on one side which were the stairs used for the workers on the other side there was a cart that moved up and down the staircase which transported supplies and other necessities supplies <laughs> supplies <laughs> since antibiotics did not exist in the time that the sanatorium was active other forms of aid were used to treat tb patients for example heat lamps fresh air and positive talk and reassurance they fucking iguanas <laughs> Yeah, just put a heat lamp in there. I just love the positive talk. You're going to be, be okay. You're going to be okay, You're going to be fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Bill, you're looking good yeah, today. Yeah, spitting a blood. Oh, God, sorry. Um, so help to, keep, uh, this help to keep patients alive since the death rate of TB patients at the time was one death <laughs> per day. So at least one person was dying from this That's per day. That's not bad odds, though. Do you think they had, do you think they had a pool? Oh, Wait, yeah, you think for sure. Today? It's Bill. They, they had a big fucking... Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Moody's drunk. <laughs> they had a big chart on the wall with like all the patients. Like they were. <laughs> I got five, uh, five on Jimmy. I yeah. got five on Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, you're going down. Uh, give me Ruthie for sixty. <laughs> so, however, at the peak of the disease, the sight of the dead being carried away in full view of the patients lowered the patient morale, increasing the number of deaths per day. So people were just getting bummed out, and it killed them. <laughs> it's fucked up. <laughs> Sounds like such a great place to dude, be. No, when you, dude, when you give up, your body gives up too, man. Yeah. So again, as we mentioned earlier, this tunnel in the sanatorium, <laughs> they tried transporting the dead bodies as secretively as possible to increase the morale and lower the death rates Push. using the tunnel to that end. Push them down on the <laughs> no. I, I imagine a big slip and slide and he just, huh? <laughs> like like a, a laundry chute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, bye, Bill. Do you remember back in the day at Cedar Point, the amusement park, where they had the giant slide? You get in the potato sack and go down the slide. The amusement park or the the prison? No, no, no. This is what I'm talking about. This is what they had. You just ruined it. <laughs> we'll just keep going. We'll just keep what going. the fuck else would it be? It's never mind. Wait, what happened? No, I was talking about back. Never mind. Are you talking about the big? Sl- are you talking <laughs> about the mind. big slide where wait, you had wait. the fucking like? I got it. I got it. So the doctors and workers of this time also believe that this would help to lower the disease's spread rate if they got rid of them basically out the back door. They just threw them down a potato chute, gone. That's it. Going to the back door again, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, Imagine the front of the tunnel all stocked up with bodies. <laughs> can you job to slide them down the tunnel? Yeah. Can you imagine if like, a, like somebody didn't call into work and he worked at the bottom of the slide? Yeah. <laughs> There's just, just a stack of yeah. bodies just in He's like, uh, boss, I can't get in. The wolves are eating the bodies. There's like... <laughs> At the bottom, there's just packs of wolves just, chewing on just everything. You know? TB infected yeah. by oh, carrying legs off into the woods. Like, it's not funny, folks. We're very sorry. I guess it's, it is. Sorry. We're painting a picture for you. Yeah, it's definitely we're not a laughing picture. at the people that died. We're no, that's horrible. At the other. We're laughing stuff. at the guy who didn't show up and all the bodies. <laughs> yeah, 
Fuck him, right? So uh, let's talk about the restoration here. <laughs> After Al Barhaski's efforts failed, Waverly Hills was sold to Tina and Charlie Mattingly in 2001. The Mattingly's uh, hold tours of Waverly Hills and host a haunted attraction each Halloween. Oh, <laughs> God. You imagine Tina? Hmm. <laughs> Take your shoes off before you come into my Halloween party. No, Tina's, she's probably sounds like a trip. She's probably one of those chicks that just like. Or the wild one. Yeah. yeah. She just laughs and when she like, does. Oh my God, you guys like Swedish meatballs like a crock pot. You grab a toothpick, you Swedish meatballs. And she's got that cackle when she laughs. Yeah. She's like. Ah, 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 ah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the, the guy's like, God, I love her. <laughs> and you're just like standing like, how does it work? Like, I, I, don't, I don't get the connection. But it works. Yeah. It works. Um, with the proceeds from the Halloween attraction going toward restoration of the property. They're also currently restoring all the windows in the, the decrepit building while restoring the interior of the old sanatorium. So, you ever do you remember the sounds of the Underground Music Festival? Yeah. Okay. Well, Waverly Hills Sanatorium hosted the last show of the Touring Music Festival, Sounds of the Underground, in 2007 no on August 11th. Didn't Corn play that? Uh, I'm not 100% uh, no, positive. I don't think they ever played. Look up the lineup, Sounds of the Underground, they, you know, 2007. They, they, they did it a couple of years. <clears throat> they do the, the part of, Hold on. Part of the lineup's in there. Mm-hmm. And there is one really odd one in the whole list of people. Well, I do see a couple of them here. So um, the show featured prominent acts in the extreme metal and metalcore scene, including Job for a Cowboy, Ooh, the Acacia Strain, Hate Breed, Shadows Fall, Our Boys in Chimera, Guar, Cameo. What? Exactly. <laughs> Cameo would be amazing. Cameo. Word up. <laughs> it's a cowboy. So, and I looked, and the only thing I could find was that, like, I, I was like, is there a metal band name? Like, is that? It apparently was Cameo. That's insane. No matter how you say it, do not let your bay hug. So uh, as well as uh, Lamb of God and the number 12 looks like you. Oh, Um, man. Norma Jean. Every time I die, Guar. Yeah, All that remains. Is that the 2000? Madball. Fucking Madball. Hell yeah. That's the 2007 one? This is 2005. Oh, okay. So that's. Oh, wait. So you're. Oh, wait. 2007. Yeah. There's all kinds. So similar festivals or concerts will likely not happen again at the Waverly Hill Sanatorium due to Goat complaints. Goat whore? Goat whore. Goat whore. Goat whore is heavy as shit, dude. Really? I love goat whore. I gotta check that out. Dude, um, I did sound for those guys in New Orleans. Goat whore? Yeah. Nice. Um, so yeah, they're saying that it'll never happen again because uh, the complaints made by the local residents. <laughs> oh, come on, man. So All right. So hold on. You goddamn kids so and you're t- screaming. TB's TV okay. Is good. TB's okay. Old people are okay. Old people are okay. Prisons are bad. Prisons are bad. And music is awful. Music's awful. And big statues of Jeebus are bad. No big statues of Jeebus. Right. So I want you Satan worshiping punks <laughs> coming to my town George, and screaming with hey, your guitar. Hey, who let, who let George George. In? George, get, what are you doing, Shut George? the fuck up and listen to me. Oh. You, you ever been to Waverly Hills, George? I had sex there. <laughs> On a bench. Her name was Susan. Wait, Whoa. Susie? The the Susie? And Tina Mattingly filmed <laughs> it. It was the first hot movie back in the day. What was it called? Get some. <laughs> of the dead? Of the dead. <laughs> so the old was sanatorium. The was the get some referring to the TB? <laughs> get some, <laughs> get some of this disease. 
<laughs> oh shit. Oh, got my cheeks hurt. Oh. So the old sanatorium is owned today by private investors who opened the historic uh building up to curious overnight guests and ghost tours. Hang on, hang on. The tours inform guests of the building's origin and history. Okay. So now, with all of that out of the way, our little history Finally. that we had to get through, because you know how we do it here, let's get into the real reason we're covering this fucking place. All the creepy shit that goes down. You guys ready? Okay. All right. First up, we're going to look at the story of the creeper of Waverly Hills. Some believe shadow people are evil entities while others see them as manifestations of human spirits, right? We know this. That's what they say. But there is something else at Waverly Hills, something much darker. The creeper is a shadowy spirit rarely, rarely seen at Waverly Hills, but it carries an aura of doom felt by anyone who crosses its path. <laughs> this thing's really touchy, sorry. <laughs> Nobody's scared anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I was for a minute. Like I was like, oh god, oh god. And then the laughing happened. I was like, hey, we're happy again. We had to lighten it up. Yeah, yeah. yeah Moody, Moody just wanted to lighten oh, sorry, it up. It's, it's really for all the touchy. kids. It's all the kids listening. Right, we got to make it yeah. make it kid friendly. Right. God, I'm a dick. Sorry. <laughs> so this dark entity crawls along the floor and even up the walls and on the ceiling. To spot the creeper at Waverly Hills is surely one of the most frightening encounters a person could have at the facility. Many believe the creeper to be an inhuman entity, a malevolent being not of this earth, but there are many possible theories. So, of course, one possibility is that the creeper is a human spirit, but its actions and the sense of foreboding experienced by those who encounter it would suggest otherwise. Most spirits behave at least reasonably similar to the way they would act in real life, but the creeper seems to go way beyond the norm. Does that make it a demonic spirit? I don't know, John, does it? Maybe. Demonic entities are said to be attracted to locations where many human spirits linger, and Waverly Hills certainly has no shortage there, right? So could the creeper be an inhuman entity, feeding off the energy of the dead? I don't know, John, could it? That's a new movie. Energy! Of the dead. Listen, <laughs> I had sex with Susie on the bench. It was rated NC-17. Didn't you get George out? I thought George... George is coming to George. He's a permanent fixture. He's not. <laughs> <laughs> he fucking wanders in here. He's old. God, you know, it's like a freaking our own little Biden walking around here. Dude, it's he fine. just stayed. George just he stayed from when it was a tuberculosis hospital to the old people hospital. He just stayed there. Yeah, that's it. You know what he does? That's what he does. Of, of the dead. You I just so love you, you're basically saying he's a creeper. <laughs> am I? Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> he is a creeper for sure. So maybe the creeper is something else entirely, an ancient spiritual entity we don't quite understand and perhaps never will. So with that being said, we have found a first-hand account of the creeper. Not only that, it's the story of the first time the creeper was seen. The man knows the story is unbelievable, but swears it's the truth. So for your enjoyment, here it goes. What's that mustache? You need to take a tinker. We'll be right back after this message. Well, it's time to return back to the show. I'm glad you stayed and didn't leave. Oh. As of August 2015, I have been reading quite a few articles about the child Richard, alias Shadow Eyes, on the web. I expected ridicule, not support from everyone. 
Nevertheless, much to my surprise, many have shown support and have much fascination with the story concerning the Creeper. As an old man reaching 96, it's time I share what I know of that day, way back in 1967. Richard arrives. I had been working part-time on the fourth floor as a nurse's aide and became good friends with Nurse Wilson and Nurse Holland during the time. I also knew Albert Bordagno, the director for a long while. I clearly remember the events in that room as if they happened yesterday. I will only address this one paranormal incident, for there were too many to cover, and I won't be discussing any abuse that took place upon the child that week. I, I, hand no hand, I had no hand in that back then, and I want no part of that now. Everything changed inside the entire sanatorium the very minute that that child, Richard, walked into the, bed, uh, the building. It was very perplexing to say the least. We were put out by the amount of squawking crows that morning, flying all around the child as he stepped out of that black Plymouth. Those crows numbered in the thousands and were flying, landing all over the Waverly. I met Richard in the office when they took his ID picture. The terror the child was feeling at the time was quite apparent to us all. For being such a little lad, he had a strong presence. He seemed to me much like a cherub, and I felt he was what we called back then an old soul. He was a beautiful little boy, polite, always replying with yes sir or yes ma'am. He never said a word to the men unless asked a question. He was very gentle and moved and walked about quietly, much like a cat. Eventually, he would come to be known affectionately as Shadow Eyes. I remember the child made eye contact with all of us briefly. He avoided looking at us menfolk mostly. His glare, those penetrating green eyes, still resonate with me today. The child had a strong distrust of men. His eyes alone told the story. Richard was able to see right through us menfolk, read our minds like an open book. From then on, I stayed clear of his gaze, making sure to never have direct eye contact with him again. The Shock Therapy The first time I saw the smelly black entity known as the Creeper was on August 23, 1967 at around 10.30 a.m. Richard was wheeled into the room for his second ECT and strapped down on the table. There were two doctors from outside the sanatorium whom I had never seen before, one male nurse, one male orderly, and one female nurse. I overheard the doctors discussing upping the voltage on the ECT machine, way too much for a little child to endure. I feel that may ha that may have triggered the whole event. When they hit on the, the switch, the electricity hit the child and he let out a scream that was so loud and ear-piercing, it gave me a headache. The child spit out his rubber mouth guard and then things only worsened from there. Dr. Buckman slapped the child in the face and scolded him for spitting out his rubber guard onto the floor. When he slapped that boy in the face, the atmosphere changed quickly. The look in Richard's eyes was pure rage. I had never seen such a look from a child before. He was directing his gaze right at Dr. Buckman. His face turned blood red. Sweat poured from the child. The veins in his necks and arms were pulsating. The child was strapped down and seemed so helpless now. It was making me sick to watch this abuse. I was about to leave the room when they hit the switch for a second time. The screaming only intensified, becoming louder and more violent. The child was screaming for his life, for his father, his mother, for God to help him get off that table and make it all stop. I looked over to, the, to Nurse Holland, who was beginning to cry and panic for the child's safety. At this point, Richard soiled his pants and urinated on the table. Then his eyes looked as though they were lit up, perhaps from the electricity. His eyes glowed and started to bleed. He threw up, choking on his vomit, and white foam began to run from his mouth. Unable to scream any longer, little Richard went still. It seemed to me the doctors were enjoying this. I wanted to call the police. 
One more time, Dr. Bender said, not giving the child a moment to rest or clear his mouth. At this point, Richard looked as though he had passed out. Yet, they hit the switch again, and something terrifying happened. The creeper appears. The radiator in the treatment room began to clang and clang as though it was being struck with a hammer. Crows were flying into the window as if they were trying to break the glass, then started piling up on the outside of the window ledge. The sounds from the radiator and crows became louder and louder. From the northeast corner of the ceiling, a black haze started dripping down to the ground. It was not actually touching the ground, however. Instead, it collected a few inches off the floor. The smell of burnt flesh, sulfur, and rotten eggs filled the room. This thing started growing in size, and within seconds, it was about nine feet tall, a solid black mist. It started taking on the shape of having only a head and shoulder area. Then it broke that form, floated with what looked like black and gray spider webs draping behind the mist as it moved over and shrouded the child like a big black blanket. We all heard the grumbling, a terrifying, very deep tone, a broken static-like voice saying, Get out! Get out! Go from the child! Leave him now! Not one of us was able to move a muscle. We were unable to see the child through the black mist, but we were definitely seeing, smelling, and hearing this thing before us. I was thinking, what if that thing somehow consumes the child right before us? The glass beakers began to fly off the shelves, crashing into the walls. Books, papers, anything not glued down began to fly around the room. Nurse Holland, hit in the face with a flying glass, fainted to the floor. We all took off running out of that room, all of us, and I am not proud of myself for leaving that woman on the floor. Two of us went back within minutes with a gurney for Nurse Holland. I grabbed a camera and was able to take a snapshot of the entity now standing in the doorway to the room. The entity then vanished from the room faster than it appeared. After tending to Nurse Holland, we all ended up in the chapel talking and trying to pull ourselves together. Nurse Holland was fine, just a few cuts and scrapes. She said to the doctors, I want to go get little Richard off that table, take him to his room, get him showered and cleaned up and tended to. She was ordered by the doctor, you leave that freak right where he is. That was something none of us in that room can ever explain. Things worsened health-wise for, uh, for some of us. A few died shortly after. Some quit and moved out of Kentucky altogether, heading in different directions with their lives. I hear that the picture I took of the entity after all these years ended up in the possessions of the child Richard. A Manifestation of Pain and Suffering I believe that little child's pain and suffering that morning somehow brought about the manifestation of the entity that many now call the Creeper in front of five people inside the Woodhaven. It was clear to us all standing in that room that morning that the entity was without a doubt protecting Richard from his abusers. To tell the truth, I was glad for that. However, all involved paid dearly for their part in the torment, abuse, and sufferings they heaped upon the child. I have gone on and lived a full, long life, as did Nurse Holland, and I feel that Nurse Holland and I, being the only ones in our hearts against the abuse, fared well. Criticisms have continued concerning these accounts. A lot of focus was placed on those who were there and viewed this entity through our own eyes. However, the doctors and professors of parapsychology know better and stand firmly behind the poltergeist event, as do I. God bless Shadow Eyes. That's a fucking story right there, dude. That should be a movie. Yeah, that's fucking insane. <clears throat> so there are other tales of the creeper out there as well that are uh, you know pretty fucked up. Uh, luckily, this ghost seems to be one of the lesser seen ones. I so, wish we could see the picture. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Apparently, um, uh, the, the the child Richard is the one that has uh, possession of it. But yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. Even just reading that thing, it's like, yeah. holy shit. You know, yeah. this thing came down and was like trying to protect him because they were fucking abusing the kid. Yeah. You know, I mean, what was what was this game back in the 60s? Correct? I don't remember what the well, the time I had, I don't remember the year. I'm going to back it up here just to see. Well, anyway, it was a long fucking sure. time ago. I'm not ago. actually sure if it even mentions the year. So American Horror Story. Kinda, 1967. 67, okay. Yeah. American Horror Story kind of did a spin on this. They had an asylum. The one, asylum yeah. one, but then the, like they were doing the same thing where they were abusing people to shock therapy. Right. But then that angel would come in with the black wings. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't watch that would, one. And it would like kiss the person and it would kill them it would because they wanted to die from they're in so much pain angel of death and the angel of death would come and kiss them and then they would die but yeah. it was kind of kind of along the lines of this it's pretty fucked up you know especially like if yeah. if you know again as we always say we take things with a grain of salt but if that's something that's fucking true you know what even I mean? if it's like half truth that's fucking crazy that's even if the know. fucking black thing didn't come into the fucking picture the creeper the, the fact that they're that doing this to the fucking brutal, kid man. is horrible yeah. yeah like that's fucked up mm-hmm. so speaking of shadowy figures as we were, there are also reports of shadow people wandering the grounds of Waverly Hills. Some of the most often seen entities are shadow people. These are often described as vaguely humanoid entities of pure black, variously um, and variously as either well-defined or more amorphous yeah. and cloud-like. Variously, you're variously. What? <laughs> I have no idea. Anyway, which are usually only glimpsed in the periphery of vision and are known to conjure up waves of irrational fear. All right. So to me, that could be, you know, just your own psyche kind of going, you know, you're in this place. that's supposed to be spooky. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure a lot of that is. Right. They have been speculated as being everything from demons to interdimensional interlopers to earth spirits or even angels. And they are commonly accepted as being a separate phenomena from regular ghosts. Mm hmm. So Waverly Hills is said to be one of the hot spots for these entities. There are numerous photos of shadow people that you can find, uh, and we'll post. We'll put a couple of them up there for yeah, everyone I to check out. Yeah, put them there for you. I figured you could just copy. Yeah, me. for sure. What if? Uh-oh. Follow me. <clears throat> In a world. What if the shadow people is really the shadow of the person who's trapped in an alternate universe? We talked about alternate universes. But that's the shadow they're casting. Possibly. So we you don't, don't see know. them, but you see the shadow. Maybe. I like it, Jeff. Yeah. You're using your noodle. I like it. So, uh, again, there's a bunch of photos out there, and we'll post some up in, our, um, in the notes, show notes for this. So when you guys are listening to the episode, you can go look at those pictures. Uh, oh, good for you. <laughs> one of the more fo- famous ones was uh, circulated in 2014 by a woman who claimed to take a picture of an empty area. And uh, it was developed, and there was a shattery, shattery, <laughs> shattery. It's a shattery picture. Hurry, <laughs> kid. A shadowy picture. Jeez. And if you want to see this picture real quick, um, Jeff, this I is. I think I've seen. I this looked is, at some of them. This is the one right here. Me, I don't know if you can see that let right me, there. Let me or not. travel yeah. across the room. Come, come yeah. hither, my friend. I'm gonna break social distancing just for a minute. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. so that's the actual picture. She and they say they she uh, took a picture it's of that wearing bell bottoms. It looks like it actually has like Mickey Mouse ears on. It does. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! We're fucked. Oh, oh get, get the fuck out of my asylum. Oh, oh. Another uh, visitor was investigating the old sanatorium by himself when he snapped a photo of a room full of old equipment. The image shows what appears to be some sort of shadowy figure looming in the foreground, and the photographer insists that he was alone at the time. Now this one. This looks like his. It does. It looks like his shadow. That's his shadow. <laughs> yeah. 
Which one is that? Uh, he, the one that's like real close. Like yeah, 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 yeah. And he you claims think he got, like his pictures developed, you know, because back in the day, remember the little huts <laughs> yeah. that you go up to, and he like dropped it off, and then he got this, he got his roll back, and he's like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna be famous." Yeah, I don't remember doing that. Yeah, that's totally a ghost. So we'll, we'll post those ones as well too. So uh, next up, we have Timmy. Timmy, Timmy, Timmy. <laughs> so legend goes that Timmy was a little boy of around uh, seven years old who died at Waverly, but has, uh, was yet to you know, move on. He just didn't want to leave. People have reported seeing I the boy. I fucking going anywhere. That's right. Go to the light. <laughs> people have reported seeing the boy wandering the halls on the third floor. There are also reports of people seeing a ball kick down the hallway. Many people will bring a ball or toy with them when they tour the place to see if they can get Timmy to play with them. Oh, man. There are numerous videos you could find of people recording a ball they brought seemingly moving on its own. Some claim it to be nothing more than the wind or an uneven floor, (laughs) but many, uh, like Mr. Moody over here, think it's the spirit of a young boy that met an unfortunate end at the hospital. There is a pretty cool picture here uh, that you can find, which we will post, that supposedly shows an image of a boy. Now, it's, it's they blow it up in the picture. So you can see he's like peeking around the corner right yeah, there. You can see like the side of his face. It looks like a fucking alien to me. Maybe it is, dude. Let's fucking. Hey. I'm. I'm gonna go. Let me look. But all of a sudden, you just go. Alien. <laughs> it's a predator. It does. It's like the movie Signs, where it's in yeah. the cornfield. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it does. It looks like a baby Groot, actually. <laughs> like, see the face? I'm Groot. <laughs> Uh, so perhaps the greatest and most controversial legend of Waverly Hills was connected to the fifth floor of the building. This floor of the old hospital consisted of two nurses stations, a pantry, a linen room, medicine room, and two medium sized rooms on both sides of the two nurses stations. One of these room 502 is the subject of many rumors and legends. And just about every curiosity seeker that had broken into Waverly Hills over the years wanted to see it. I just love that it that there's people breaking in to try and find this yeah. shit. Um, you guys want to go burn some <laughs> candles in 502? Did you guys want to go to Waverly? I don't like the sun. <laughs> what? This is where, according to the stories, people have seen shapes moving in the windows, have heard disembodied voices, and if the legends are to be believed, have even jumped to their deaths. So there are a lot of legends about what went on in this part of the hospital, but perhaps the biggest misconception was that this was a floor used to house, uh, used to house mentally ill tuberculosis patients. This was not the case, however. The patients were not insane. Okay, this is not an insane asylum, right? No. Right. This is a sanatorium. This was a, yeah, like a hospital. And it was a hospital. A hospital. Right. Nor were they confined to their rooms, as we discussed oh. before. Um, they were. There's a lot of misinformation, yes. it sounds like. They were free to move about, just like patients on all of the other floors of the hospital. This floor, thanks to its design, allowed patients to still benefit from the fresh air and sunshine that was believed to cure or at least extend the life of those with TB. It was centered in the middle of the hospital and uh, the two yards extending out from the nurse's station uh, wards, excuse me, two yards. <laughs> There's two yards on each side. Wow. <laughs> the two wards extending out from the nurse's station were glassed in on all sides and open out onto a patio type roof. All right. So according to the stories, a nurse was found dead in room 502 in 1928. Son of a bitch. Yep. She had committed, uh, committed suicide by hanging herself from the light fixture. She was 29 years old at the time of her death, unmarried and pregnant. Her depression over the situation led her to take her own life. Pretty sure it was Don Mattingly's baby. 
Charlie Mattingly? Don Mattingly. The baseball player? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He was there. Did he play for the Yankees? (laughs) Yankees, I think the uh, athletics for a while too, right? Wasn't Mattingly a... I don't know, whatever. I don't know sports, whatever. So it's unknown how long she may have been hanging in this room before her body was actually discovered. Some versions of the story say that the nurse was pregnant with the hospital owner's child after she had an affair with him. This would not be the only tragedy to occur with a connection to room 502. In 1932, another nurse who worked in the same room jumped from the roof patio and plunged several stories to her death. No one seems to know why she would have done this, uh, but many have speculated that she may have actually been pushed over the edge. (laughs) Oh, fuck. What if she tripped? (laughs) I mean, it is all open up there. She's walking around and Timmy's balls just sitting there. and She trips over (laughs) Timmy's balls. Timmy's balls. His ball. Not the, his Why balls. do you go there? Yeah, Jesus. Because he said Timmy's balls. I said ball. Not for you said Timmy's balls. Whatever. You know what I mean. We're trying to keep this PG. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fuck, Moody. <laughs> there are no records to indicate this, but uh, rumors uh, continue to persist, obviously. So those are the stories. Anyway, as with so many legends, no records exist to say any of this actually fucking happened. There are also conflicting accounts as to how the women managed to hang them, or the woman managed to hang herself. Sorry. Right. Correct. Some Correct. say that she did it from the light fixture, others from a pipe over the door, and some say from the rafters. There are no rafters, however. Uh, the pipe over the door was a part of a sprinkler system installed in 1972, far after when she supposedly hung herself, and the light fixture is hung on a light decorative, uh, decorative chain that would not hold the weight of a person. So none of that sounds legit. Sorry, folks. There is no actual documentation of either death, although some claim the stories were verified by a former staff member, John Thornberry, who died in 2006. According to the obituary, he was born in 1922, which would have made him six and ten years old at the time of the alleged deaths that were connected to room 502. This makes his quote-unquote verification more than just a little problematic. What's that mustache? You need to take a tinkle? We'll be right back after this message. This episode of the Midnight Train Podcast is sponsored by Voodoo Vodka. 20 times distilled, made from pure cane sugar and handcrafted right here in Ohio. Vodka can be smooth and voodoo proves it. Drink it straight, chilled, or in your favorite mixed drink. Ask for it wherever you buy your favorite liquors or head over to voodoo.com and subscribe to their mailing list. While you're there, pick up some Voodoo merchandise and use the promo code Midnight Train Podcast, all one word, to get 10% off your entire order. That's Voodoo, V O U D O U X dot com. Promo code Midnight Train Podcast for 10% off. And you can now buy this delicious vodka online. So order some today and drink with us whenever you listen to the show. Voodoo Vodka, it's magic. Well, it's time to return back to the show. I'm glad you stayed and didn't leave. So what happened in room 502 that could cause so many people to claim paranormal experiences there? Do you want to know something really cool? Sure. You can actually book 502. There's I'm on the Waverly Hills website. Oh, you can book the room? Tours. You have reservations right here. You can book now. And they have a Facebook and an Instagram. But you can book and go into that room. They have six to eight hour tours. 
Can you stay the night there? There is a video. I don't know. I don't there's a video that. on YouTube of a dude that tried to do it. Tried? tried to stay. He tried to stay the night in room 502. Private tours are available for groups of 25 or more. Please call to schedule, and they have their phone number there. So he couldn't um, um, throw the what, throw their phone number up in it case people want to go. Eight six seven five three zero not no, just kidding. <laughs> it's five five zero two nine three three two one four two. Again. 502-933-2142. And then you could also go to thewaverlyhills.com. There's a whole website. Yeah, so if you guys want to go, yeah, that was, you I can was actually book reservations it's, it's, on the site. It's pretty inexpensive to from what I saw. I don't know when the the, the number that I saw, uh, it was like 250 bucks for like an eight-hour private thing. The place that's is that's fucking ridiculous. Bad. Like, it's huge. Yeah, it's, it's huge. huge. The pictures, it's like, and there's a gargoyle statue? That's kind yeah, of Yeah, it's creepy as fuck, too. Speaking of, have you guys ever seen the uh, early 80s movie Gargoyles? Oh, yeah. With the actual, like, yeah, yeah. not the animated movie. No, I but know. The, yeah, dude, yeah. that movie fucked me up as a kid. Yeah. I remember watching that. My dad fell asleep. It's weird. And I'm like, eh, I'll watch this. It's so odd. I had nightmares for like a fucking month. All right, here's the deal, Jeff. I will pay you Ooh. to go stay the night in room 502. How much? What would it take? Well, it's, it's going to be a drive. Okay, I'll pay your gas money. Um, and the whole night? Whatever the block is, eight hours or whatever it is. All right. Um, <clears throat> minimum, five, $500. $500? God damn. Yeah. I was thinking minimum wage. Eight hours, <laughs> like 75 bucks. Like you'll pay the room rent. No, you know, if I go, I'm working. So like, no, I'm you're not. Have, you're I'm, sitting there. No, I'm going to have cameras. I'm going to have like the night vision shit going. I'm going to be like, oh, and then I felt this. Your so, EKG meter. Yeah, yeah. It's so going to be like a documentary. So he's sitting there all night. <laughs> it's going to be like a documentary. <laughs> Ghost Hunter style. So do we think that it could have been overactive imaginations or is there something real in room 502? Jeff's going to find out. He's going to find out. It's hard to say, <laughs> but it seems likely that something occurred in that room to cause the legend to take root in the first place. Uh, what that might have been, well, unfortunately, no one knows. The story of room 502 may have been loosely based on some forgotten facts but the truth remains buried under all the speculation and rumor. In spite of this, strange things continued to be reported. Over the course of the next year, volunteers working toward the restoration of the building experienced ghostly sounds, heard slamming doors, saw lights appear in the building when there should have been none, had objects thrown at them, were struck by unseen hands, saw apparitions in doorways, were kicked in the balls and corridors and more. Okay, the balls part, I, I made that up. That was that was, was pretty intense. Yeah, that's, I'm sorry. I, was, I was like, did I put that in? I don't remember, <laughs> I remember reading that one. So another area said to have strange things happen a lot is the old kitchen and cafeteria, cafeteria area. Cafeteria area. Cafeteria. Many people have reported hearing footsteps in the area and doors opening and closing. There are also reports of people smelling bread baking. Now, I actually, it's the, the chef ghost. He's like, come on down to Waverly Cafe. I thought this was really cool when I read this. All right. So um, it says one report reads as such. Other legends told of a man in a white coat who was seen walking in the kitchen and the smell of cooking food that sometimes wafted through the air or through the room. The kitchen was a disaster, a ruin of broken windows, fallen plaster, broken tables and chairs and puddles of water and debris that resulted from a leaking roof. The cafeteria had not fared much better. Even so, a number of people had reported footsteps in the room. The door swinging shut under its own power and the smell of fresh baked bread in the air. Because, you know, that's scary. <laughs> Every time I go to Subway, I'm like, someone hold my hand, please. 
like, of all things you can smell it's not sulfur it's not like some pungent like uh it's fresh pig bread <laughs> a- i'm not scared i'm fucking hungry that's what i'm saying like you just walking through like no one else hungry guys i'm not sandwich it's italian herb is that a that's honey wheat. No, it's honey like wheat. A, it smells like a cold cut combo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now Mary Lee was a young woman who lived in the sanatorium while it was open. On September 10, 2006, Tom Halstead of Missouri Paranormal Research took a photograph of a ghostly apparition that looked almost exactly, almost exactly like Mary. Some believe Mary is the nurse who hung herself in room 502, while others believe she was the daughter of a Waverly Hills doctor who contracted TB herself from prolonged exposure to patients. And we're going to post this picture up. This is actually the picture. That was the teaser picture. The teaser picture that I posted today. Okay. And you can see her. Would you Google Waverly Place? That's the most popular one. Like it's all the pictures up top are that one. And of course, being the skeptic that I am, it looks fake as shit. Yeah, it looks pretty photoshopped. Apparently, though, the guy that took that is like a very well-respected, well-renowned like paranormal investigator. They all are, Moody. No, they're not. It's like saying you're the best fake doctor ever. I mean, I Someone's am. Someone's got to be. <laughs> yeah, I am. I'm a fake doctor, but I'm the best, damn it. Doogie Hauser was the best fake doctor there was. Doogie was smart, though. Don't you ever talk about him again. He's the best fake doctor there was. So there are many, and many. Now he's gay. <laughs> he's awesome, though. Yeah, he's Dude, great. His, uh, what he's was he? In, uh, Harold and Kumar. He's Harold and Kumar was great. What was that show? Butt. What was the show that he was? Uh, How I Met Your Mother. How I Met Your Mother. Dude, my favorite character in the entire freaking thing. He's great. Dude. He's so awesome. There's people like, who the fuck is Doogie Hauser? Um, We're old. What's okay? his uh, real name? Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris, yeah. By the that's way, that's how he got his start. Huge fan of Neil Patrick. If he's All out right. there listening right now, then <laughs> <laughs> he's there's he something was, wrong with him. Yeah. My favorite role that he ever did was uh, A Million Ways to Die in the West, Seth MacFarlane's movie, is the newer one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's the mustache guy. Yeah, the mustache. He sells oh, the yeah. mustache creams. <laughs> <laughs> And they do that fucking. Yeah. You can't afford a mustache. And they do that dance, the whole fucking mustache yes. dance. So there, are, like I said, there's so many more tales from this place and too many to actually count, but they also include some of these things. Doppelgangers, also known as double walkers, are a type of spirit that can mimic the appearance, voice, and mannerisms of anyone or anything it encounters. Mimic. This could mean looking across the room and seeing an exact replica of yourself or watching what appears to be your sister strangling a cat, even though she loves cats. That's very what? precise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's very exact. I, I have a feeling that that was the story that somebody was like, dude, I saw this fucking person. I, I saw my sister yeah. strangling her cat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, doppelgangers. Because that's a very they're specific, like. They're out there for sure. They're out there. Tour guides at Waverly Hills have reported seeing doppelgangers of themselves and of others. In some cases, the doppelgangers were almost identical, except for black holes where their eyes should be. Say if you see your own doppelganger, it means you're going to die. That's that's what I hear. Yeah, if you, you see going to die. If you see your doppelganger. So, Jeff, if you happen to see yourself and it's got black eyes, you did. I'd high five it. <laughs> Is he going to die? So the uh, bleeding woman uh, or women in chains. It's uh, woman. So. Woman in chains. It's like Allison Chains' side project. There are reports of an old woman sometimes chained by her hands and feet, bleeding from the wrists and wandering the halls, crying for help. When approached, she turns and flees in horror. 
I mean, how fast can she go? She's pretty old and she's bound in chains. She's a ghost. Yeah, they can hover. She just turns around and starts like hobbling really fast. <laughs> like, I'm right behind you. She just floats away, man. It's, you know. <laughs> so we touched on the tunnel earlier and it, it started a way to get supplies and workers into the building. But as a number of uh, the dead grew, it became a way to get the bodies out without the rest of the patient population seeing the transport of the numerous corpses out of the building. There are numerous accounts of shadow figures and noises in this area. It's also known among investigators for, for providing chilling EVPs, which stands for Moody. I'm not having any part of this. <laughs> you don't, electro voice phenomenon is what that stands for, Moody. Just <laughs> in case. Do you know, okay, that, know that uh, Ghost know. Hunters did an episode on this? Yeah, they did. I was at, just looking at at Waverly Hills. Yeah, yeah awesome. they did the ball thing and all that. And yeah, but they they fucking suck. Listen, I don't, if you bo- like I don't Hunters, trust any of the shit that they do. It's a bunch of bullshit, is yeah. what it is. They got like a guy off camera. Like, they pay him fifty bucks and he hides in the corner. They have. And then when he sees plenty, him walking by, there's he's plenty like, of videos. There's know? plenty of videos out there that basically go to show you how fake it. Like you yeah. can you can spot all the bullshit in that. Well, did you know there was even a report of someone seeing a ghost hearse? At the tunnel entrance? No, that is amazing. I, I did not know that. I hope that's, it was a Chevy. That's pretty badass. I, did, I don't know what hearses were. They may have drove it to the levee. <laughs> was the levee dry? I did the so. levee break? Yeah. Um, it's full mm, circle. Full circle. If it keeps on raining, the levee's going to break. That's heavy. <laughs> and this is what happens when a bunch of musicians <laughs> try to have a fucking podcast. And eat spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> so the morgue is another hot spot, of course. Uh, with many people reporting moaning and other disembodied voices in the area, as well as knocking and banging sounds. Oh, yeah. And the shot, you know, like where they keep them in there. Yeah. Uh, hello, it's a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it's me, the ghost. <laughs> the dog <Talk>. upstairs. <laughs> Wait a minute. Do you smell that pumpernickel bread? Who let George? How did you get in here? I like bread. Did he sneaky? Where? How did you get in here? I went to the cafe. There's no cafe here. Waverly, your nope. mom. <laughs> My That's mom was you, son of a bitch. Your mom. She All right, wasn't George. There. George. All right. Have a good night. Goodbye. <laughs> well, I don't know about you guys, but uh, this place does sound pretty awesome. And um, <laughs> we have one more firsthand account here um, from someone who was a skeptic going in and who actually wrote about their visit. The first time that I visited the hospital was in September 2002. I was in town for a convention, and a friend of mine who had been working with the owners at Waverly Hills offered to take me to see the place that I had been hearing a lot about. At that point, the old hospital had been open for tours, but had not reached the level of infamy that it has today. There had been no television shows, books, or websites dedicated to it in those days. It was literally a dark and stormy night when we arrived at the hospital, and it had been raining all day. I was looking forward to seeing the place, no matter what the weather, and not because I was convinced that I would meet one of the former patients face-to-face, it was simply to experience the place by myself. By this time, I had traveled all over the country and had been to hundreds of places that were alleged to be haunted. I had felt just the same way before exploring all of them, so Waverly Hills was no different. To me, it was just an old, spooky building with a fascinating history. The fact that it was alleged to be haunted simply added to the experience. I had long since abandoned the idea of expecting too much. After meeting with the owners, we went inside and started our exploration of the building. The building was almost silent. All that I could hear was the sound of our own footsteps, 
our hushed voices and the drip of rain as it slipped through the cracks in the roof and splashed down onto the floor. I was given the full guided tour and saw various rooms, the treatment areas, the kitchen, morgue, and on and on. We climbed the stairs to the top floor and I saw legendary room 502, as well as the lights of Louisville as they reflected off the low and ominous looking clouds that had gathered above the city. The only floor that we skipped over was the fourth, but my friend explained that this was the only floor in the building for which the entrance was kept locked and he had saved it for last. When we finally arrived on the fourth floor, I got the distinct feeling that something strange was in the air. I make absolutely no claims of any psychic ability whatsoever, but there was just something about this floor of the hospital that I that felt different than any of the others. When it had been nothing more than just an old ramshackle and broken down building, suddenly seemed different. I can't really put into words what I felt and what was so strange about it, but it almost seemed to be a tangible presence that I had not encountered anywhere else in this place. And right away, eerie things started to happen. We had entered the floor in what I believe was the center of the building. Behind us was a wing that I was told was not safe to enter. Sections of the floor had fallen in, and this area was off-limits to tours and visitors. The strange thing about it was that both of us clearly heard the sounds of doors slamming from this part of the building. I can assure the reader that it was not the wind either. The wind was not strong enough that night to have moved those heavy doors, and this clearly sounded as though someone was closing them very hard. When I questioned my friend about who else could be up there with us, he explained to me about how unsafe the floors were in that section. I investigated on my own and determined that he was correct. There was no walking around on that part of the fourth floor. I switched off my flashlight and we walked down the corridor using only the dim ambient light from the outside. The hallway runs through the center of the building and on either side of it are former patients' rooms. Beyond the rooms is the porch area that opens to the outside. It was there where the patients were placed to take in fresh air. There was no glass ever placed in the huge outer windows, which has left the interior of the floor open to the elements ever since. On this night, the windows also illuminated the corridor thanks to the low-hanging clouds that glowed with the lights of Louisville. We walked down through the dark and murky corridor, and I began to see shadows that flickered back and forth. I was sure that this was a trick of the eye, though likely caused by the lights or the wind moving something outside but it was where the corridor angled to the right that I got a look at something that was definitely not a trick of the eye. In order for the reader to understand what I saw, I had to explain that the hallway ahead of us continued straight for a short distance and then turned sharply to the right. In the early 1900s, most institutions of this type were designed in this manner. It was what was dubbed the bat wing design, which meant that there was a main center in each building and then the wings extended right and left, then angled again, so that they ran slightly backward like a bird or a bat's wings. Directly at the, uh, the angle ahead of us was a doorway that led into a treatment room. I only noticed the doorway in the darkness because the dim light from the windows beyond it had caused it to glow slightly. This made it impossible to miss since it was straight ahead of us. We took a few more steps and then, without warning, the clear and distinct silhouette of a man crossed the lighted doorway, passed into the hall, and then vanished into a room on the other side of the corridor. I got a distinct look at the figure and I know that it was a man and that he was wearing what appeared to be a long white drape that could have been a doctor's coat. The sighting only lasted a few seconds, but I knew what I had seen. And for some reason, it shocked and startled me so badly that I let out a yell and grabbed a hold of my friend's jacket. I'm not sure why it affected me in that way, but perhaps it was the setting, the figure's sudden appearance, my own anxiety, 
or likely all these things. Regardless, after my yell, I demanded that he turn on a light and help me to examine the room the man had vanished into. After my initial fright, I became convinced that someone else was on the floor with us. My friend assured me we were the only ones there, but he did help me search for the intruder. In an empty room with only one way in or out, there was no one there. Whoever that figure had been had utterly and completely vanished. I doubt that I was the first person to see this mysterious apparition on the fourth floor, and it's unlikely that I will be the last. However, this sighting put Waverly Hills into a unique category for me, and that I will firmly state that I believe it is haunted. Usually for me to do that, I must have my own unexplainable experience that goes beyond a mere bump in the night or spooky photograph. In this case, I had actually seen a ghost, and at that time, I could count the ghost sightings that I had, I had on two fingers. Waverly Hills is haunted, and for me... Seeing was believing. What do you guys think of that? It's a good story. That's fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a skeptic going in there mm-hmm. saying that he actually saw an apparition who was dressed as possibly a nurse and or doctor. Yeah. With the, the white the white garb. Mm-hmm. You know? You think it's one of his buddies fucking with him? Like they knew he was going. <laughs> Like, hey, let's let's fuck with this guy hardcore. That'd be pretty amazing if it was, right? But I don't know, it'd be, man. It'd be pretty impressive if they pulled it off. Yeah, because what that person saw, they said, went into a room with one door. If you saw it go in and were watching it, then flip the lights on, you would have seen it come out. True that. So this has been the tale of Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Jeff, what do you think? I think there's some spooky shit going on there. I would really, really love to go on a tour there. I think that'd be really cool to see it. You know, I agree, yeah. Moody. I I would love to go there. I yeah, think it's awesome. I think it's pretty awesome. I think with the amount of deaths there, and you know, with the you know the way the place was built and the history behind it, there, it's probably. I would say there's something going on. I think the hard part though is like you're gonna go in like after knowing all this stuff, so you're gonna like expect it. stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. you, you make it go your mind like, trick. You gotta go you know? in with like a you know, and that's with anything. I mean, gore orphanage, everything. Like, think about it. You're you're if always you gonna expect, go in with a if mindset. You expect to see something. You're gonna see something. That's what I'm saying. So how do you how see? Do you I'm the opposite that? of that though. The second that I hear that something's supposed to happen, I immediately dismay everything. You just yeah. think it's no, oh, yeah, fuck that. Yeah, it's happen. like that's that's bullshit. That's just bullshit. And I'm looking for it, but it's yeah. bullshit. You know what I mean? Like I I I guess nitpick everything. So we gotta we gotta figure out something that we could do here you know and we have all the gopro cams like we're the three of us could you imagine I'd taking a tour of something so actually, and then we kind of split off on our quick, own you know real quick I, do that. I have something here for you guys that i wanted to do oh it's cupcakes no i don't have cupcakes oh, okay what the fuck you didn't bring cupcakes i did i ate them all in the car god, god damn. damn it um they were good too just so you know they were really fucking good thanks they had your names on them and everything fucking asshole Anyways, so when I started doing research for this, I uh, I wasn't sure if we were going to have enough to fill the whole episode. Obviously, we found I found quite a bit of stuff. Correct. Uh, so I kind of looked around for some other things similar to that, and I happened to find something. I'm going to read you an article that I found. Ooh, it's kind of a uh, it's kind of a homegrown tale. That's why I wanted to bring it up. Okay. So I'm just going to read the, the straight article for you. Okay. Between 1900. In 1910, a disease began to heavily sweep the land, causing the bodies of carriers to waste away, coughing up blood, leaving the infected person very weak and almost always becoming deadly in most cases. This disease is known as tuberculosis. 
which grew rapidly, becoming a very scary, very contagious disease during the early to mid-1900s. The town of Lima, Ohio, in Allen County... Oh, boy. You guys know where Lima is? Oh, yeah. Of course. It's not far from us at all. Yeah. Been there quite a few times. The town of Lima, Ohio, in Allen County had seen the sickness spreading faster and faster, finally coming to a decision to build a hospital off the grid. Isolation was key in preventing and providing treatment for these new patients, and facilities were built away from other hospitals to help stop further spread. The Lima Tuberculosis Hospital opened its doors on April 5th, 1911, and was one of the first of its kind in the state of Ohio. Look at that. The facility began admitting patients ranging anywhere from the age of 7 to 70. Oh, man. At an average stay of 3 to 5 years for treatment. And those three to five the, years. The ones that didn't die, that's how long they were there, three to five years. Oh, oh fucking shoot me and get it over <laughs> with. Yeah. In January 1960, the facility had been renamed the Ottawa Valley Hospital. While its life as a hospital had ended almost fully in 1970, the building was still used for the following three years to house a final group of a few patients, concluded by a final closure in 1973 when the very last patient was released. The building now remains a favorite location. <laughs> do, you, do you want a bib? Do you, no. Do you, do you need a pat on the back? I'm good, dude. It's uh, the beer. Okay. okay. The building now remains a favorite location for many ghost hunters who claim to have heard noises or seen figures while traversing the grounds. The city estimated in 1909 that they believed over 3,000 people would end up dying from this disease. So I suppose it wouldn't be too far off to question some kind of paranormal happenings inside. Buildings like this always seem to carry such a dark history when forgotten, given off when forgotten, giving off strange silent whispers of a past life full of death. As we emerged from the slight overgrowth which had been mostly grayed out by cold winter winds, we stood at the curve of a cracked and crumbled driveway previously the main drive into hospital grounds. We were greeted by the large decaying brick structure standing before us. Dirt piles have been built up against each entrance seemingly to keep people away from entering. As we traveled up and down through each hallway, you could see time literally peeling away at the building's walls. As as one old building would do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Each floor sits open to the outside due to scrappers and vandals removing every last window. Bastards. That fucking copper, man. It's yeah. worth a lot. Fucking bastards. The bright side is that summer months must provide a nice breeze blowing through. If you feel like swimming, there is always a makeshift diving board residing at the edge of a second story floor where an entire room has fallen into the basement, allowing for a swim through a wonderful pool of rusty nails, rotten wood, and crumbled brick. Hell yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> What? What? <laughs> it's just like they're just saying like the floor fell through and now there's like a piece of wood that looks like a diving board. It's just like it, yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. It still sounds bad. The forty years the forty plus years of open air have allowed for this deadly disease to escape, no longer lingering inside the ward. Though all is gone and it seems that time has been lost under debris, tossed away with any stories of a former life. If the walls inside the structure could talk, I'm sure this building could give us a few books full. The stories which have been lost in time over years of decay and destruction will remain forgotten, mysteries to us, and I will always continue to wander throughout rattling thoughts inside my head attempting to peek in the past. So, we have a supposedly haunted tuberculosis hospital in Lima, Ohio. A sanatorium? Yes, it's it was called a san it was a sanatorium in Lima. So, I did a little bit more looking 
Uh, a little bit more research on it. Apparently, uh, they they watch it. Like, if you try to sneak in there, they will, like, arrest you and give you a ticket. So, so it's not like open that. for, like, tours or anything like that? Not that I know of. I didn't, that means something's was, going on there. there That's was, what that means. There's some shit that they, like, there's a lot of people looking to see if you can. I assume if you get a hold of whoever owns the place, you might be able to do something. But uh, apparently it's like you if you try to go there, you got to be very sneaky. And Lima on top of it has like a super high crime rate. And it's out by Toledo, right? Yeah, but it's like, uh, I don't know how to say this. It's like the best part of town. It's methy, isn't it? I don't know it's if like it's that, method. but I know there's a shit ton of crime. There's a lot of death. Yeah, it's not like, a great. It's not a great. Like city. people get robbed all the time, carjacked out there. Like Lima's not like the greatest. So there place are to be. there are pictures though I found online of a guy. Uh, he went in there and took some pictures, and there are pictures of supposed shadow people there. Oh, apparently he's caught shadow people there several times. How did he get in? He snuck in. Snuck in. Took pictures. Tricky, tricky. Yeah. So, and, um, so is Lima by Toledo? I just want to see. I think this it's out. Quick. I think it's out west. Yeah, yeah out it's, near, it's like it's, it's probably what, two, halfway two between hour, three hours. I think from here, it's probably not even. Well, I'm just yeah. thinking of a road trip. Is all I'm thinking. Yeah, I mean, it'd be we awesome. get our asses. You got to wear a bulletproof vest, but no, we'll get a hold of him first and be like, "Hey, hey guys, it's actually closer to know, right? um, Dayton and Columbus." Okay, I thought it was out west towards Toledo. Yeah, it's just uh, it's 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 uh, southwest of us. So it's southwest. southwest okay, I thought yeah. it was like more north. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, that'd be uh, really cool to go out there. That's cool to know that we actually have one of our own here, and it's spooky. Yeah. Hopefully, it's still there. I couldn't find anything recent though. That's the only thing. Is weird. <laughs> we go all the way out there, and it's a CVS. <laughs> well, no, no. Like as far as I can tell, like the last thing. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> the newest thing I found was somebody wrote about it in like 2000, like late. It was like September of 2018, and they had gone there and whatever and found it. So as of like a year and a half ago, it was still there. That's awesome. We should t- so, definitely check into that for sure. I feel like I feel like that might be something we could uh, look into. So uh, you know what part of the show it's. Uh it's my favorite part of the show coming up here in a second is it it is your favorite part it's my favorite part you know what that is no i don't oh what's that mustache you need to take a tinkle we'll be right back after this message well it's time to return back to the show i'm glad you stayed and didn't Whoa, whoa, whoa! What the fuck? I thought, what are we doing? What the fuck for? I thought it was my turn. Wait, wait! Whoa, princess! Wait a minute! It's- I got. Hold up! No, I got something. Oh, so it's not WTF? You no, no, something? you guys, you guys know what time it is. Hello, boys and girls. Are you ready for Mr. Moody's conspiracy? No, we're not corner? ready for Mr. <laughs> Moody's conspiracy. Oh, okay. Hold on. Hold on a second. What, what is going on right now? What, what's up with you hijacking my segment, bro? I thought we were doing. WTF on this one. But I got some shit to talk about. So we're doing Moody's Conspiracy Corner as well? Dude, I oh, have... Oh, wait, 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 wait. Jeff, what do you got to talk about in WTF? I have amazing breaking news about Elon Musk. Moody, what do you have to talk about? Pretty much the same thing, I think. So this is a WTF Moody's Corner is what this is? Is this like when the TV shows combine? It's a crossover, a crossover inside a cross, of our... Is this a crossover? Are we doing a crossover? 
Oh my God, this is crazy. All right, Jeff, go with us. I'm going to get my lawyer on the phone. <laughs> I got to make. I got to make sure the money's right. All right, Moody. Then let's let's just go back and forth here because I think we were. I think we're thinking and talking about the we same might, thing here. We might be, what, which is good. You, you go. You know what? I will let you start. I'll concede okay. to start. I'll go ahead. And then, all right. So here's what I got. If you haven't read the news or haven't seen the news lately, Elon Musk, <laughs> he unveiled a pig called Gertrude. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And he installed a coin-sized computer chip in its brain. Mm-hmm. I see where you're a going. A nano here. chip. Okay. Okay. He says. Let me see if I can. I'm trying to build up to his voice. He says, "It's it's kind of like a it's like a Fitbit in your skull with tiny wires." Is what he says. A Fitbit in a your skull. Fitbit in your skull with, with tiny, tiny wires. wires. That doesn't sound comfortable to me. I'm sorry. It's called a Neuralink. Okay. Neuralink. Okay. Neuro. Neuro. I think it's neuro. Neuralink. Neuralink. Yes. Not neuro. Not neuro. Neuro. Not like Nero. Nero. No, he's the fiddle guy. Oh. Nero. <laughs> so, anyways. Right. Right. Yeah. He thinks this will cure depression, <laughs> dementia. Oh. oh, boy. Diabetes. Diabetes. Yeah. Diabetes. I'm going to put this plate in your skull. You won't have diabetes anymore. <laughs> he says. So don't give that shit to Wilford Brimley. <laughs> Wait, didn't he die? He just passed away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Way to go. So he says it actually fits. Actually, I got to do his voice. Hold on. I, I have to get in the character. Please do. It actually fits quite nicely in your skull. It could be under your hair. And you wouldn't even know. Is what he says. That so was. I thought he was in the room for a second. It felt almost like he was I know. here. It's yeah. good. I know. So it's, it's going to go in your skull and you're not going to be able to tell that it's there he says that he he could be wearing one and you would never know okay we need to be fucking scared about this like so this is not good news. okay so this yeah this is similar to what i was going to talk about okay which is because i saw that report and i started thinking about how everybody's always worried about microchipping yes right okay and they're always talking about how people are like don't get your vaccines because they're putting microchips in you and shit like that okay so I started thinking about it Uh-oh. and I've always had, I've always had a little, little like weird spot for the microchipping thing. Okay. I don't, I don't believe necessarily that they did the vaccine thing. Okay. But, but this story has kind of like, like it's, it's brought me back to, to my thinking about the microchipping and I, I believe it's the ghost. So the, this, this whole thing brought me back to my thinking about microchipping and I, I believe that there are experiments going on with microchipping without our knowledge. I think there are people walking around microchip that have no idea that they're microchipped right now. What do you think, Jeff? Absolutely. I mean, this and crazy I think, son of a bitch is putting them. And I think he's this, like trying to sell it on a pig. I think that this this whole thing right now. I think this is a way to sort of expose it and bring it out. Yes. Without freaking people out too I much. Agree. Because uh, that's not working. Because well, I'm kind of fucking well, freaked out about it. I'm not going to lie. Well, check this out. It's so they slow. say you got to build up to it. They're like, well, we start with a pig and then we put it in your mom. And <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so, that's so you said Gertrude, Gertrude was one of three <laughs> pigs in pens that took part in Friday's webcast demo. She took a while to get going, but when she ate and sniffed straw, the activity showed up on the graph tracking her neural activity. Okay. She then mostly ignored all the attention around her. The processor in her brain sends wireless signals indicating neural activity in her snout when looking for food. So it's basically 
monitoring everything it's thinking everything that you're brain doing could you imagine that if that was in humans like like, with killers and rapists and like you would know when they're something thinking would, it. Something would start to go off. You'd be like, yeah. oh, this motherfucker wants like, to kill Talk someone. about like people tracking and so Big is, Brother. Is that a bad thing if we're doing that for serial killers and rapists and stuff? Not for that, not but like, what if you're thinking about not paying your taxes? Well, where's the line at? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, if you're using it for the greater good. That's the question. You know what I mean? So we're, yeah, that's, that's kind of fucked up. I mean, you could do it to like convicted people and be like, well, you're a convicted pedophile and rapist. We're going to put this in your fucking skull and we're going to track you. No, see, I don't have a problem with that. And I think that's great. And, you know, if it discovers that or controls that, whatever. But my problem is you put this in the average person. If it has the ability to read, it probably has the ability to write. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. How maybe this thing could trigger or block certain neurons to make you actively do things that you wouldn't normally Mm -hmm. do. Or not do things that you want to do. Population control army. So this is uh, literally a WTF conspiracy corner collab right now this yeah. guy has too much fucking money to play with he he like someone needs to rob him or he needs to like lose all his money because this is just crazy shit I, I it's frightening i think that this is a way to I, I do like i said i do believe that they've been experimenting at some point on people with with microchips and things of that nature and i think that what it boils down to is i think elon musk knows what's going on i think he i think they hired him i think he's working for the government and they were like dude you need to fucking take what we're doing and make it better. We, we we don't have it right yet, and we need you to help us make it right. And this is what he fucking did. Not only that, he commented, he said, you wouldn't even know if I had one in me right now. I'm sure he's got one. I his bet you he's baby, fucking got one. His, he just had a baby. Oh, yeah. That probably he named after symbols. I guarantee you that baby has a chip in its head. Guarantee it. That's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah. And I called it like uh, two years ago that this guy is a fucking that's psycho. The, that's the thing. He's been talking. And that's the other thing. He's Your eyes open up like, <laughs> He's been talking about this neural for a long time. Like if you, like I told you, if you go back and watch like his Joe Rogan stuff. Yeah. He's been talking about the neural This is the first years. I've ever seen or yeah. heard of it. He's I always knew he was a weird fucker because he, he made is, that shitty car. He is a he is a proponent of AI, like all that like crazy AI shit. He if, is if AI. Done, right? Watch him talk. He's not AI. He's a fucking alien. He's an alien. He's not AI. How much would it take for you to put a neural link in your brain? It would never happen. Never. So no, no money whatsoever. No, you yeah, couldn't. I wouldn't nope. Ever. Neither nope. one of you. Fuck no. Nope. Uh, all right. The only way I would let that happen is if I was like, if I knew I was going to die of something. And they were like, this may be able to fix it. I'd be like, all right, fuck it. What do I got to lose? Because I'm going to die anyways. Be the only possible way I would ever think about doing it. Other than that, there's just, there's, you no lose, way. you lose everything about you. You lose all your privacy. You lose That's everything. Exactly. Like, I mean, yeah, but our watches do that now. No, you know I mean, phones do that. Knowing what you're thinking. Watch doesn't and, Oh, really? Every time you talk about something, you don't go into Facebook and a freaking ad pop up or Google. Speaking yeah, but that, see, you, that's can turn, you can turn your microphone off so it won't do that. Yeah. Oh, you're more so saying like subconsciously, like thinking. Imagine stuff. you have a shitty day and you're like just sitting there like on a rock in a park and you're just like chill somebody. Yeah, you're just having a, a bad time and you're just like, man, fucking life sucks. Why am I even doing this? Like that thing's gonna be like, and the people are gonna come lock you up and take you away. All right. Take because another, you're a risk it, at that take, point, right? Take this to another step. I was reading an article recently about, um, I can't remember what fucking city it was, but they, I think it was in Florida. They, of course it was. They developed an algorithm to put in a computer and do all the shit to predict who is going to commit crimes. And they've, they've, they've already like harassed and hassled people over this. Like they put it in there, like prior arrest, like all this bullshit. <laughs> Mildred, get the fuck out of the house. We yeah. know you're gonna do something. No, that's seriously. 
who's to say they're not going to use the same like you know what I mean? Like it's it could not only that. Like, what if like it's that? population control and they have a fucking lottery and it's just like, oh, we'll block some neurons and he'll just have a heart attack and die. Oh, sucks to be you. I guess that's uh, that's kind of a exactly, fucked up thing right? that they could just fucking like yeah. if somebody's walking around, they could just press a button and all of a sudden. Think of like every like, sci-fi you seen, horror movie you ever from seen the eighties. The Manchurian Candidate. Yeah. yeah. Where it's like you get triggered by like a word or something, and then you just fucking do whatever they want you to do. Yeah. It's the same kind of shit, man. Look, I'm all about chipping your pets so you can find them on a GPS. Sure. But like as far as chipping humans go, that's a little so, too far. Right. I do think was, that if it was something that could benefit us as far as like, you know, ser- you know, killers yeah, or, or I'm fine with that. Pedophiles if you're convicted. Sure. That's your penalty. Yeah. Put it that, in you. that I'm if for fucking, that. That's fine. So let me ask you a question though. And you're in instead of having like on top of having to register and tell people you should have that shit so they can monitor what the fuck you're doing. Okay, yeah, but in saying that, that, what if it's something that could predict a possible serial killer that may possibly kill 15, 10, But here's the problem that you, you people... That's, but then you'd have to put it in everybody. Yeah, well, here's I, the I mean, problem I guess that's... Gross, I'm just asking. I'm, I'm just double advocate right now. That's a gross right invasion now. of privacy. Right, yeah. I get it. But if, I see it what can, you're saying. if it can predict... You know, one person from killing ten people, and you've got. I a, will gladly let ten people die, so I don't have to have some shit put in my brain. <laughs> which, I'm sorry. You can send all hate mail to Moody at the Midnight Train Podcast. You couldn't do it. I'm just saying because more than half the population suffers from mental health. It would have to be it's like true. damn near everybody. And you, you know how many times? It. You know how many times I thought about killing people, and I never would do it. But in your brain, if you think that it yeah. triggers something, and then all of a sudden you got. What if you're playing Grand Theft Auto? Open the door. We know and you're, you're like, like yeah, motherfucker, I'll just kill you. Take your car. And it's like, and then you next thing you know, it's like, oh, you were thinking this. Yeah. We're locking you up. That's what I'm saying. But it's like, no. So I'm, you're, I'm you're mostly saying it's an invasion of like uh, the subconscious, your the thought. thought process. I don't want somebody to know. I don't want anybody stroking. in my head. Yeah. I don't want nobody <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Moody, we right? know that if you're not here, you're stroking. <laughs> <laughs> On your way home, Look, you're I'm probably going to be I'm either at work. I'm stroking. <laughs> I don't want people to know that. <laughs> but we know that is what I'm saying. <laughs> Why did this happen? You got shot. <laughs> oh. I'm just saying, like, I see, I, I, yeah. It's, I want to know what the listeners think. I want right. to know if they would be chipped. 100%. Let's find out what uh, the listeners think about this. Like, would you, would you be chipped? Um,. I guess there's to me it all comes down to is it for the is if is there going to be any benefits for it and the benefits have oh, yeah, to outweigh like the a tax write off or some no, stupid no, 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 no. shit so they can get everybody no, you know what I mean I'm not talking about that I'm so, I'm more so talking like um prolong life right you know are you Why able the to fuck would you want to prolong life because I unlike most people around here I actually enjoy my life no, you don't <laughs> you're, liar. you're right. No, but you know what I'm saying? Like prolonged life for, for anybody. I'm, I'm more so saying like in a general scope of things. Are like there if you people could, out there that like life? Yeah, some some people do. Hopefully most of our passengers do, you know. But uh, prolonged life, uh, you know, or, or, or again, if you could, you know, stop somebody from doing criminal activity or stuff like that, or at least gauge what they're doing, then then I understand that. Or if you can help an uh, an older person with Alzheimer's or dementia, right, or or even diabetes, somebody that has health issues, if you could use it as a benefit to but, cure, but where's the cure, line? But to draw, yeah, but that's the thing, right? It's like, we're talking. Who's to say? Who's to say? Like you don't go into the hospital though, and they'll be like, "Oh, we're gonna have to put the chip in you." <laughs> How do you and, know when you go to sleep for surgery they don't put it in automatically? There you go. Well, I would assume that's something you'd have to like you'd sign a waiver for or something, correct? You don't fucking know. Yeah. You, what, if, what if they didn't tell you? 
forgot I'm not a part of conspiracy <laughs> corner over here. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm just saying. I mean, you could like, go you far know. with it. You really you don't could. Fucking know. Well, think, we will, think about ahead. this. Even if they do, like, aside from the Neuralink thing, we talk about microchips. How many women every day, C-sections, they cut you open, they fucking take your innards out, pull the baby out, slide a microchip in. So you're, you're saying that they're going to be doing this without our consent? I think they already are doing it without our consent. And that is Mr. Moody's Conspiracy Corner mixed with Jeff's WTF. And what a great segment that, that was. That was a good one. That I'm going to go to bed tonight and not think about that at all. <laughs> <laughs> however, oh, <good> <laughs> however, I do want to know what our passengers think about this. Do they think that this is something that's completely overstepping the bounds of what man's supposed to be able to do? Or do they think this is something that's going to help us out and it has some benefits to it? We're creating fucking RoboCop. So, and do you think that Elon Musk should get on his spaceship and go to Mars and never fucking come back to this planet? Or that one. And that's See, that's another thing, though. You could fucking like super soldiers and shit, just put it in there and all of a sudden be yeah. like, yep, time to go to war. Fah! And then all of a sudden everyone's like, Rah! that's what I'm saying. Fucking like, oh my minions, let's go! <laughs> I have never been more in love with the both of you than I am right now. I swear to God, this is the, the fan fucking tastic. <laughs> and I hope you guys out there are listening to this and going, holy shit! Because I mean, maybe, maybe they got, maybe you're onto something. Maybe you guys are. And uh, for the rest of you guys, I want to know what you think. I want to know if you think that this is something. I don't think he and I are the only crazy ones. I don't. I, I don't think, think you're crazy at all. I'm not. I'm not saying oh, you're crazy. Oh, we're crazy. Okay. Okay. I, I. But I think this is something you have some. There is some uh, legitimacy. That's my face talking. The legitimacy. Oh my god. Legitimacy. <laughs> legitimacy to what you're saying, and uh, and I understand. I totally do. I don't know if I'd go as far as do, you guys do. Do you, though? Uh, no, I don't. I, I know you don't. Yeah, kind of. Just trying to be nice. But, I know. I'm but, trying. like, you notice nobody's coming out. And I'm not trying to keep stretching this thing. But John, no, <laughs> John came out yesterday. <laughs> nobody's coming out and, like, forcing him to stop. You know what I mean? You would See, think the government yeah, would be on go. top of this, like, flies like, on whoa, dude. Shit. What do you know the government's like, All right, enough. So you're not I doing told that. You, That's what they, I'm saying. They got him to make their shit. They're like, better. you know what? Elon's popular. People love Elon. Let's have him fucking microchip a pig, make a YouTube video, and that will that will slowly baby step us into the chipping. Do you think right? About, right? Look at what like look what they did. Remember when they cloned the sheep? Oh yeah, I do now, remember that. Now, now it's like, but now they use something like that to bring it out. They're like, oh look at we cloned this cute little sheep, and now it's just like, who the fuck are they cloning now? Yeah, like, what that was are they the doing? last you ever heard of it. They introduced you to cloning. Didn't and the queen like, like clone her dogs? Didn't that happen? Maybe, yeah, you can you know. can do that, by the way. You can have you can, your yeah, dog's no, you DNA. Can. So when they die, you can have another one of your dog born. Of the same DNA. Listen, I fucking love my dog, dude. I'd probably do that. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I would fuck my dog. I would except, never do that. Except my luck would be <laughs> I like. I don't want that dude for another fucking 12 years. <laughs> my luck would be like Pet cemetery and it come back like all fucked up. And well, just they like, say you have to retrain it dog, and redo all the other stuff. He's a fucking asshole. But it's the DNA. So it would look just like your dog. Like he would act like your dog. It would be the same. But you could do that. You could do that now. Isn't that fucked up? That's fucked up. Yeah. See, that's the thing. That's what they do. They start small. They give you a couple of cute little sheep. And, and now they're cloning okay. fucking celebrities. Dude. So I'll take it one step further. Think of all this, right? Think of all this. You said they're cloning celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> the reptilian Illuminati. I, I, 
Think of all this stuff we just talked about and how advanced and crazy we're, out there it so is. Just so you guys know, we're on a list now. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. We've always, we have been for quite a while. <laughs> no, we're on more now. Okay, good. On more lists. Good. Maybe they listen to the show. Okay. All of this, and we're fucking cotton swabbing just like the 1950s to test for a fucking pandemic virus. Right. See? Boom! Can I drop this mic? Can I drop it? No, I, no, that's, no that's my microphone. mic. Yeah, okay. don't, I'll don't just, drop I'll, it. I'll move it. Like, do this. Do this. <laughs> just, tap, just, just tap it. Just, just tap, tap the mic like you dropped it. There you go. <laughs> All right, passengers, listen. We hope you enjoyed your ride with us on the Waverly Hills Sanatorium. All right, you guys, keep voting on our our, our Facebook page. And on, it doesn't the let me train. vote anymore. It doesn't let you. Every time I go to the thing, it's like, you've already voted. It's because you're chipped. It knows. Well, you know what? How about this? Instead of the voting thing, since we seem to have like a, a situation with this, why don't you guys send us on social media? Just comment. Ideas that you guys have, like something you want us to cover. Real quick, real quick. Oh, boy. Bill Burr does a fucking hilarious bit about microchipping. He talks about it, and it's funny as fuck. Bill Burr is fucking go, hilarious. Go listen to it. He's it's, fucking It's hilarious. amazing. But you guys can pick the episode by just sending us your recommendations, what you guys want to hear, something that you just out of the fucking blue, maybe it's someplace in your town, you want to you know have us dive into a little bit further. We, your did, state. we did Texas. We could do things like that again. And we are going to do it seems stuff like, like that. It seems like people, uh, it seems like you guys enjoyed that. So. Yeah. So we're definitely going to be doing that. And plus at our website. Texas. Yeah. Let's go back. Dude, Texas is so fucking much more huge. Shit. It's bigger than most countries. They have like 30 more bridges. Did we get any, <laughs> <laughs> did we get any requests for Geauga Lake? Uh, not yet. I, I read. Okay, so I play this game on my phone, and there's a dude that's like in the little group. Oh, good for you. There's this dude that's like in this little group. I don't know where he's from, but he just recently told me that he came to Ohio to go to Cedar Point, Cleveland, and he went to Geauga Lake too. And they like they kind of like explored it. How fucking old and creepy. Yeah, it's all shit overgrown. It like- yeah, he said it was fucking amazing. Yeah. And for for the listeners out there that may either may not be from our country or let alone from our state in Ohio, so Geauga Lake used to be an amusement park. It and was uh, it was paired up with SeaWorld at one point. It was point. paired up at sea, with SeaWorld, and now it's just literally. I think the the rides and shit are still there, right? Yeah, you guys know SeaWorld Some where they used to are. capture whales and just torture there's, them. And yeah, but Geauga really Lake cool was like a, a, the 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 Cedar Point. Right. Of it was the, the, the side. cheaper. It was yeah. the cheaper. There is a, there's a really cool like drone video you can find on YouTube. Yeah. Where it, someone flew like a drone around. Oh, it. really? Yeah. There's awesome. like old like uh, uh, roller coaster posts yeah. and like like just falling over and it's all like the parking lot's all overgrown with weeds. It's and completely shit. dilapidated. It's, like, it looks like a walking fucking, dead yeah, thing. Like, it's fucking crazy. And listen, and while you guys are over at the midnighttrainpodcast.com and you're giving us your selections and what you think we should do, you should got, uh, also buy some merchandise because our merchandise is fucking sweet. And we will donate 10% of every sale to the National Association on Mental Illness before and, they get chipped. Oh, God. And if you or someone you know is struggling with any mental you health a, issues, you got to get a chip shirt, like some sort of shirt with a, a shirt chip. with a chip, yeah. but on, yeah, like going in the brain. <laughs> but if you have any mental health issues or, or you're struggling right now, man, and listen, shit's fucking weird. We get it a hundred percent. Like I, I deal with issues. We all deal with issues. Uh, you can call the NAMI. That's N-A-M-I helpline at 1-800-950-6264 on uh, the national suicide prevention lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. Or in crisis, you can actually text NAMI, and that's NAMI, to 741741 because obviously mental health is no joke. And people keep asking how you guys can help keep the steam in our engines. Well, if you like what you hear from us, consider becoming a producer of the show. 
by heading over to the midnight train podcast.com and clicking on the little Patreon button at the very top of the page, or you can go over to patreon.com forward slash the midnight train podcast. Because if you go to Patreon and you look for us, they're not going to, you're not going to find it because yeah, you can't search it. It's adult content. I don't know why they keep, I don't know why they mark us as adult content. Uh, because fuck, that's why, Moody. Hmm. Because fuck. Hmm. Yeah. So for as little as five bucks a month, you can get all kinds of cool shit like a custom shirt, custom poster, custom sticker, bonus episodes like the Day the Music Died series, which we're going to be doing a dime bag one, which I'm so excited about, and way more. And so if you're a diehard Midnight Train fan and you want to help produce this motherfucker, our Patreon is definitely for you. And for those of you that would rather just, you know, leave a one-time donation because you're like, you know what? These guys are awesome. I love these guys, but I don't know the commitment, you know, I don't want to, I don't know if I feel like I, I, you have commitment issues, you know? Yeah. And that's okay. You can have those and you, you can, can leave a one-time donation by heading over to PayPal. Could. And you can use the email address, the midnight train podcast at gmail.com. And you can just leave us a little something because you're like, you know what? You guys Five are, cents. You guys are fucking great. We leave should, us a penny. Someone we, send us a penny. Right. Please. A penny. We, we should, should do that. clarify. How much would that cost though. to send a penny though? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how it works. <laughs> Good. If everybody sent us a penny, if everyone like a, in the world sent us a penny. That's what I'm saying. Uh, we want, I want everyone that we know to send us a penny. Okay. Sounds fun. We'll have yeah. like five pennies. That's great. Whatever. That's fine. <laughs> we get, you know, a hundred people. That's a dollar. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> when we said dime bag, we weren't referring to a bag of weed. We're talking about the guitarist from Pantera. Correct. Metal band. Right. Correct. I just want to clarify that because, yeah. you know, some people might not be into that kind of music. They're like, Dimebag? What was that fucking sack of weed? Yeah, Dimebag. No, that's coming up when we do the episode. <laughs> <laughs> so Dimebag Daryl was the guitarist of uh, the metal band Pantera, and unfortunately he uh, was shot and killed doing what he loves. And we are going to touch yes. on his story, yes, yes. and uh, we're going to keep going with those uh, the day the music died, um, as well as the Patreon stuff. And if, if hopefully you guys listen to the um, Philadelphia Experiment one because that was fun. the people that I've I've talked to that have listened to that said it was fucking great. They're like, <laughs> the greatest thing I ever heard was, dude, that episode was awesome. I don't believe a fucking word of it, <laughs> <laughs> but it's fucking awesome. So that's super cool. And also, you can easily like, subscribe, and rate us on your favorite podcast platform if they allow you to do that over there. You know, like rate us there. That'd be really cool. And uh, most importantly, please just share the Midnight Train to everyone. It takes just a couple of minutes and word of mouth is how we're going to get more passengers on this train and continue to bring you weekly episodes. We we share all of your guys' stupid shit. So just do <laughs> us a favor and share our stupid shit. Right. It's all matter. <laughs> exactly. We can't thank you all enough for all the love and support. Uh, love and support. And listen, another big happy birthday to Rob. What was his last name? DuPont. DuPont. The guy that works at Walmart having to fucking tell people to put their fucking masks on. Happy birthday, brother. Dude, Thank I wonder you if for he's listening. ever had to like tackle an old lady for stealing diapers or something. I can only hope so. They can't. Dude, if you got Rob, listen. You've never listen. seen that at Walmart? Rob, hold on. Did you? No. First of all, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> Somebody's excited. Because <laughs> no, no. I want to know. I want Rob. Wow. Rob, Rob, listen. Listen to me, Rob. Very carefully. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, we're waiting. <laughs> Dude, we gotta get that know, fucking know, sound. Like. That's a good I'm one. That's a good one. Uh Rob, I want I want your best Walmart security story. Ooh, I want you I will That's we, good. I will read it on the air. Perfect. On our on if you can get it to us by our next episode, I will read it and we will read your greatest your crowning achievement in security at Walmart. <laughs> I want to know what your best story was. That's amazing. And 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 also very quickly, 
There was a video because I'm a super giant nerd and I'm uh, in on Facebook. I'm a part of this uh, toy collectors group. Awesome. And there's a video of a dude, a Walmart guy, trying to stop a guy who was stealing G.I. Joe toys. And this dude fucking like Heisman's the security guard guy. <laughs> and just fucking like, he's, dude, he goes for his eyes. He fucking puts his thumbs like the, he's trying to gouge out the Walmart dude's eyes. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, like once they attack you, then it's on. But like, I've well, no, seen he it. tried to stop the guy first, and then the dude fucking. But see, they physically can't do anything. Well, he because tried. I've seen it several times where they, they do like this, where they like walk in front of him, and, and so they no, can't. He grabbed. You know he I mean? grabbed the dude. Like he put he put his arms out and put. Did his he hands say Shimon? I, there's no audio. Shimon. <laughs> but the dude, <laughs> the dude <laughs> like tried to the dude like tried to stiff arm him, and then he fucking went for his. It was ridiculous. Uh, that's amazing. So yeah, Rob, do us a favor. Send us your best, your best fucking story. story that you have. As many details as possible. Yeah, for yeah. real. Get yeah, detail yeah. with it. That's awesome. And if you've never personally had to physically try to stop somebody or anything like that, just whatever ridiculous story you have that is your favorite, as yeah. your favorite story from, from your experience at Walmart. I love it. That's amazing. So thank you guys all so much for listening. You guys, you have no idea how much we appreciate it. In fact, we appreciate it so much. I'm going to read off some names here. So a big flipping midnight train shout out to Tess, Kevin, Matt, Diana, Christopher, Jacqueline, Katie, Michaela, Ramsey, Tamar, Tommy, Speakerbox, the Sister Skeleton. And please make sure you check out the Sister Skeleton podcast wherever Actually, you listen to podcasts. Really quickly, we talked about shadow people today. They did an episode on shadow people. So there you, there you go. go. There you go. So go check them out and learn more about it. Yep. Also, Riley, Diana, uh, Diane, Alina, Stephanie, Julie, Laura, uh, Cynthia, Kirsten, Dawn, Nicola, Caitlin, Chanel, Alex, Emily, Ann, Son of Vasco, Alicia, Frandapai, Danny, Melissa, Grace, Stormy, Eva, Melissa, Wayne, Victoria, Hager, Sean, Chainsaw, Jigsaw, Bill's wow. son, <laughs> Bill's son, Colin, Todd, v David, Vallow. Juan Belen, Ken and Brad over at Voodoo Vodka, Chef Kevin, Katie, Davey, our Mexican Vato. Who Welcome we heard back, Davey. Welcome heard back, from Davey. today. So excited. Woo. And a very special fucking thank you to our superhero, amazing Patreon producers. Oh, good for you. Chad Flint, Cheryl Pierce, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, <laughs> Rob Webb from the Fun Box po podcast, which, by the way, we are talking about doing a crossover. We got to get on that with too. the Fun Box. Yeah. Got to get on that too. I know. We just got to get our fucking shit lined up. Sounds so dirty. Fun Box. <laughs> Christina Skelton, <laughs> Jessica Bartolome, <laughs> Bartolo Bill Birch, and Samantha Pickworth. And listen, if you guys want to be named at you know at the end of the show, like we do right here, and you want to hear me probably just fuck up your name or at least take a deep breath when I'm getting ready to do it. You can sign up as a member on our website or become a Patreon producer because we love you motherfuckers and you guys keep us doing this. And we, you know what we should do? What should you, we do? You know what we should do? What should we do? Movie? We should do for the people that don't want to spring for the, for the money, right? We should put like a really cheap option up there, like a $1 version where like you sign up, you might not get all the extra stuff, but we know that you love us, so we, we'll send you like a uh, we'll send like a sticker or something, or no, 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 no. a virtual high five. Yeah. We, we play the intro to the bonus episode, then it cuts off. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> so it's listen, like, yeah, you get like you, you dollar a dollar, <laughs> yeah. and then you get like a sticker, and we put your name on there as a producer. Of course, I, I'm down with that. We'll totally we'll make we that happen that. for sure. It's a it's what's in one whole it's a dollar? Fucking dollar. So listen, stay I'd safe. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. Stay <laughs> safe out there, passengers. We love you so much. And as always, 
Choo-choo, motherfuckers! Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Midnight train.